everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. You're on episode 21, maybe I got episode 22. Episode Ace and an Eighth. Go to the casino, you should gamble. Hello. It's episode 21. Episode, <laughs> episode number 21. Hello, everyone, once again. And I'm Kevin Madden, your host. Joined as I am always in this review of the Aditero by my cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First of all, Adam Titty Master Bibolo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased with that. Dean Ambrose is my favourite man. I know. He's, uh, we're he's all my on. best boy. How are you? I'm great. Now you call me Titty Master. <laughs> I'm in a great mood now. Looking forward to talking about Armageddon 1999? Yes, in the worst way. Yeah, big changes in this one. And to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet, Billy Subtle Earring Keeble. How are you, sir? I'm not, I'm not bad. Uh, you, you just come off fresh of watching a wedding and now we're watching all the horrors unfold from the fallout. Yeah, it's just all coming apart. Yeah. How, how have you been kind of dealing with the whole uh, living in a post-wedding uh, world, you know, with that song, uh, Together, Forever? That's, been, that's like my ringtone. Yeah, I, I genuinely had a dream and it was in it like it wasn't anything to do with wrestling it was just playing in the background was it your yeah. wedding oh, no, I, I don't even remember what the dream was the I just Triple remember H that was happening your wedding oh, quite possibly <laughs> uh, did you see someone actually made a fan a piece of fan art that was actually Tess and Stephanie as Aladdin and Jasmine on a Jerry Lawler <laughs> yes, color yes I did that's amazing <laughs> it's like you're making Billy's thoughts tactile real things like, that's, that's fantastic Tangible. First of all, little tradition we're going to try and keep up now is the magazine covers. Obviously, Armageddon was in the month of December. Ho, ho, ho. So, um, WWF magazine started to run with a, a little Christmassy output for this one. It's Mick Foley, you know, the man that's obsessed with Christmas yeah. himself. Really scarily obsessed with like, Santa. Like. Mentally obsessed with Christmas. Like, I like, imagine... he was, like, this week he was posting pictures on Facebook of him and his daughter in um, it's Christmas Buddy, Buddy, Buddy the Elf t-shirt. Just so you know, we're recording this in May. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, no, he's got, like, a Christmas room yeah. in his house in yeah. Now, Foley is the kind of lad who you'd see, like, have a fucking OK Cupid video or whatever where he's crying because he loves Christmas so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Christmas. Well, it's, it's not about silly, you know, um, titles or anything this week. It's just literally a straight up Mick Foley is dressed as Santa on the front cover and it just says, Saint Mick says goodwill to all mankind. And he's got a big smile on his face. Oh, that's, that's really nice. nice. It's that's like a Christmas nice. card. It's lovely, yeah. That's fucking amazing. Really nice. I thought it'd be like... Triple H going, hey, guess where I'm going to hang the mistletoe this year? Suck my candy cane. The, over my dick. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice. Okay, before we get into the actual pay-per-view as well, uh, maybe want to have a quick update. As we all know, our good friend Stone Cold Steve Austin got run over. <laughs> In the worst way. <laughs> In the worst way, like... And uh, yeah, we've got a nice little thing now, which is, you know, some weeks we'll have a lot to say, other weeks there'll be very little, but getting incremental updates on this whole uh, this whole storyline which is on a back burner, which is who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin. The night after Survivor Series, Raw was one of my favourite episodes ever because you had the police officers coming in to question people and gather some basic info. Was there a lead detective or anything? Oh, like yeah, that? yeah, really? there was. Like, awesome. I had, like, a Dick Tracy guy walking around. McNulty. I, I really wish they would have started it off, like, fucking, you know, the naked gun or something, like, raw, oh, it was a cold open, and he's there in his car going, Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> was run over. Like, you have these guys going around, they're questioning, and it's cool because none of us know, like, you know, at this point as fans, mm. you don't know who's done it or why. You have your suspicions, and much like that, you see that play out through the police officers. The first thing you find out is that the car that ran over Austin is registered to The Rock. So straight away, okay. J'accuse! Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, you know, you get The Rock gets inter- interrogated by these guys. Uh, Rock reveals that he actually reported 
his car is being stolen earlier oh, in the okay. night. So I was like, oh my God, it's, it, it's like The Wire. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and then of course we find out as well, you know, DX kind of get um, questioned, but DX do the whole thing where they all like plead the fifth and no one's going to say anything and they yeah. all vouch for each other. So it's like, yeah, it's like, the weird world of wrestling reads the procedural world of, like, you know, hit-and-run investigation. Crime TV. And as it stands, no one knows who the fuck's done it. All we know is that Triple H wasn't doing... It, was, it wasn't Triple H, it wasn't The Rock, and it wasn't Vince, because they all have alibis. Yeah. yeah. And those are the top three people who you'd think. So, yeah. Snake's alive. As this mystery gets unfurled more and more, Steve Austin is slowly getting fatter and fatter in Texas. <laughs> Alrighty, we've come 12 months. It's hard to believe. The last pay-per-view offering of 1999. It's episode 21, but from now on it will be known as Armageddon. Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that all day long, like, because um, this is one of these things when I was making fun of the big show around the house the other day. Just yeah, going, Armageddon, or Adam, do you want to watch Armageddon <laughs> later on? It's either that or you'll just walk in the room and go, Armageddon, Armageddon. <laughs> um, we watched that clip back of Big Show saying yeah. Armageddon, and uh, it was really accurate. Yeah, it's very, very accurate. You're that. spot on with that. So yeah, that opener, organ music out the wazoo. Serious high drama in this stuff, yeah, right? Children yeah. singing, it's a bit it's, creepy. It's quite um, it's it's such a fucking personal view at this point now. It's so, so personal. You got like the whole thing. It's like my daughter, my love, and Triple H's like my title. Uh, I love it. It's very fortune cookie esque. Yeah, the, uh, the font. Days but, of um, our lives. I like the repetition of not my daughter, not my gold, as if Vince is a fairy tale <laughs> giant. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, my gold. <laughs> um, it really puts the angle in perspective, though. I suppose this little opener showing that this has actually been a feud which has technically been running since around SummerSlam. Since yeah. Vince came back after leaving forever, true that he's been a thorn in Triple H's side and vice versa, and uh, it's gotten—I could say—it's a good deal more personal than Austin the feud because I mean, you know, Austin hated Vince obviously, but he wasn't beating up his wife. He would never children. do anything like that. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't marry his fucking daughter. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Vince is now in this unique position, which is we have Vince as this ultimate underdog, this young plucky baby face, and yeah, well, in this promo package we kind of just built up now is that you know the fate of the company is resting on Vince McMahon's shoulders. It's mm. it's odd to be cheering him. Yeah, it's very point. peculiar. Yeah, but uh, yeah, fucking hell, shitty PS1 graphics on this. Uh, oh, awful. I believe there actually was a PS1 game called Armageddon with uh, <laughs> with Bruce Willis, I think. Uh, that actually, that's maybe why I'm thinking this so much, but like, anytime you've got like shitty gold and fucking fire and crappy swords, and, like, it's... Yeah, trying too hard here. Yeah, as well, it doesn't make sense, because, you know, they've got the, for the actual graphic, they've got a sort of a, a medieval yeah. fantasy sort of theme. Yeah. But then you look at the arena, and it's, you know, helicopters. Helicopters, apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. I think they do. They think that Armag they thought it's Armageddon now instead of Apocalypse now. Is that what they, the problem that Armageddon they made? Now. Armageddon now. <laughs> well, like that's what they, they say. Armageddon. I would usually say that's kind of yeah, mystical uh, yeah. Middle Ages type thing. But uh, you know, this this is here. We got this really weird fucking. 
I don't know. It's like it's uh, a dump, basically. It's just trash all over <laughs> yeah. the stage. I was gonna say it looks like a, a rejected set design for the Crystal Maze. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> the military zone. The Armageddon <laughs> zone. Yeah. yeah, there's like loads of nets and like you know, just they've got one helicopter. Like it's mm. budget. And it's like very budget. A rented tank. It looks like shit. I see what they were trying to do, but once you take away all the uh, all the vehicles and stuff, you've basically got black curtains. Yeah, and a stage. shitty stage yeah. and it lo- it's one of the most low rent looking stages we've seen yeah, it's really uh, so far starting things out tonight 16 man 18 battle royale for the number one contendership for the tag team titles at the Royal Rumble fucking hell I was like 16 men yeah mm. do we have that many teams apparently we do yeah apparently we do unbelievable we get uh, free signs immediately straight away we get uh, I'm wearing Mrs. Kitty's underwear she's not Miss Ah. Miz, she's Mrs. Kitty. She's Mrs. Lawler, Miz. <laughs> we get Big Show has big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the strangest sign of the night, Triple H fears turkey jizz. That is that the entire pay-per-view, start to finish. We've, and I have no idea what that's about. Nope. We, we've been tweeting a lot of people and they're like, ah, I bet you'll see that turkey jizz sign. I'm like, yeah. What yep. the fuck are you on about? <laughs> Absolutely just inexplicable. Like, uh, it's like an Easter egg or something. There's no way Yeah. <laughs> Interesting that we're starting off a pay-per-view with a tag team battle royal, which is the first match we ever recorded on the podcast. Was Holy it, uh, tag shit! Team it was. You're right. Yeah. Full circle. Seriously, back in the days of let's all go out for frosty chocolate milk. Art, <laughs> <laughs> then DOA got eliminated. <laughs> oh god, it's it's cringeworthy to listen back to the that early now. years. The early years, the shaky early years. But yeah, got um some great teams in this. Everyone coming out and like you can tell the way the crowd's just like popping constantly. There's no kind of like groan when a team comes out. Yeah. Start off with the Dudley boys, yeah. massive heat, awesome promo from these guys. Dudleys are now feuding with Edge and Christian. Yay. Oh, my God. I'm looking forward to getting that coming, getting bigger and bigger. Oh, man. You, this is just great. Seeing this now, I mean, all right, the teams we got coming out, Edge and Christian, fucking amazing. Headbangers, yeah, take it or leave it. But we're in a bra. Yeah. We're just wearing a bra, just, you know. As you do. It's like, pick a gimmick and stick with it, like, yeah. I mean, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I suppose the headbangers are the exception that proves the rule in terms of it, people being over. Hardy's come out to a massive pop. Yeah. They love him. Huge. And you can kind of tell as well is that, like, Terry comes out with them at the start, and she's just, like, there. And then she literally just walks back straight yeah. away. But the pop is sustained. It's yeah. as if I was, like, thinking, oh, this is just a crowd that is cheering because Terry's pulling up her dress when she yeah. comes out. What a face! Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also get Too Cool. We also get the Acolytes. With their proper music now. Dan, Dan, 
Fucking hell. amazing. A big pop for the Acolytes as well. Posse come out as well. Yeah. Massive heat for the Posse. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Jim Ross says that they look like they're coming from a Gap commercial. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was particularly brilliant. And then uh, Godfather and Mark Henry. Yeah. And again, a big pop. Now, I'm just serious thinking, fucking hell, the tag division lives. Seriously. Yeah. Big time. That's amazing. And the thing about on top of this, you have the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. Rock and Sock. Rock and Sock Connection. Yeah. Fucking ten massive teams. Only two of which you could argue are like, eh. Yeah, no, they're definitely doing a good thing right here. They've seriously um, got the tag team division on top form at this point. Um, it's something I maybe wanted to mention now. There's no like real like particularly great time to talk about it because it just it doesn't really fit in anywhere. But I did want to mention it. Uh, big youth movement here at the moment. We can see a lot of guys here. And the great thing about this, and you'll see throughout the mid card again, all these really amazing interlocking feuds. Uh, I'm going to throw out a name right now, which may fall on completely deaf ears for, for a lot of people listening. It fell on deaf ears for me as of a week or two ago. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Chris Kresge. Chris Kresge, who at the current moment has just taken over as head writer for WWF. And he's going to be head writer from now until the end of 2000, basically. Mm-hmm. So this amazing run which we've been talking about, the one that everyone looks back on fondly with this awesome, you know, storylines that are unfolding and all the great stuff with Triple H and Foley and Rock and Angle, blah, blah, blah. This is all under the tutelage of this guy, uh, Chris Kresge, who is not a name like Vince Russo. People no. are immediately... There isn't yeah. even a picture of this guy online. So why is he not known like Vince Russo is known? If he's, I mean, if he did, like... If he was responsible for 2000, which is such an amazing year for wrestling, why does no one know about it? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I tried to, you know... I'd ask it around. The thing I could find out most is that, one, he was only there for a year, mm. you know, as a head writer. And two, he was incredibly successful. And I think success is less memorable than... That abject failure yeah. when it comes to being a writer. Because think about it, if I'm to say, here, name four really awful bookers or whatever, people could usually rat them out pretty easily. But to think of like three awesome writers, mm. you'd be struggling to think because, I mean, they're not advertised. I mean, as I said, this guy wasn't like, he wasn't a wrestling guy, he was a TV guy. So he wasn't, didn't have that kind of inbuilt trying to get himself over. Yeah. He yeah. wants to put himself on TV, winning the world title, folks. He's just doing his job. At the same time, head writer over at WCW is making himself the world champion. Head writer over here, and most people don't even know who the fuck he is. Yeah, That's true. amazing. But uh, Kresge, just to give him an overview of one thing that he did that was quite amazing, and I think it's just going to show a lot, because I think in terms of quality of overall shows, we're hitting a high mark right mm. now. We're going to hit very high next month at the Rumble. But you've got interlocking feuds, you've got storylines that have a beginning, middle, and end, long-term booking. There's stuff here which is hinting at angles that aren't going to be picked up for nearly six months. It's, it's fucking amazing. And what Kresge used to do, apparently, he used to get made fun of for doing it, was he'd actually storyboard out his, his storylines. Yeah. To think no one in wrestling ever did that before, he's <laughs> yeah. quite ridiculous. And he was made fun of for it, apparently, that I was like, oh, look at the nerd here with his storylines, storyboards, yeah. and all this stuff. But he would have a list, he'd say he'd have Triple H, and on the list he'd have people who Triple H's hates, people who Triple H likes, and no matter where the storylines went, he'd always keep that in mind, so you wouldn't have like you have now, where... Guy turns face and then tag teams with someone. So that who just seems like yeah. common sense. Like, it really it's does. It's strange that they don't. They've just dropped that completely with the writers of the current product. But again, I just think it, it's it's worth mentioning that the guy at the head of the helm at this moment, because on Foley's book, he's like around this time, he's like, oh, everyone chipped in. It's like, yeah, kind of, but there was a head writer. <laughs> I mean, Vince McMahon is still very much in charge. Obviously. There's still a writing committee, but the head writer, the man who's pitching everything to Vince with the long term vision, is this Chris Kresge fellow. 
And uh, yeah, he's sadly no longer with us. So there'll be a lot of uh, praise, I think, coming this man's way as we're getting through a lot of this stuff because yeah. there's a lot of good things coming here. I just suppose we just mention that now, get out of the way, but our, our Battle Royal starts. And just, yeah, seeing all these young guys in here and all mm. these teams, there's so many teams and they all have feuds. It's just kind of highlights that a little bit. Mark Henry wearing his No Mercy attire in this one. From which I gather is his only attire because it's the only one he can probably fit into it. <laughs> he's eating all the rest of them. Well, <laughs> Mark, the mystery posse are quite ridiculous in this. Rodney gets eliminated almost immediately, but then he does the switcheroo with Joey Abs. Twin magic because they are not twins. <laughs> the ref just looks at the the torso. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he's got a little uh, tank top on. Must be the same fella. I'm not even looking. I'm wasting time looking at your face, mate. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, JR know. and Jerry don't even notice. Like, <laughs> they, they don't even notice. I mean, like, everyone else notices. The crowd notices. And then when it happens the second time, someone's obviously told them on, on the microphone. Yeah, they didn't switch They've done a switch room. Mate. Say something. Like, oh, all right then. Because uh, I thought that yeah, they obviously missed on it because they didn't. They did it. And no one says anything, and then they do it again. Yeah, <laughs> they switch back, and uh, yeah, but uh, they switch back, and then Rodney gets eliminated again, as does Picas. So uh, yeah, uh, Mean Street Posse, their first team eliminated. Headbangers then go out shortly thereafter. Bubba Ray Dudley and Bradshaw team up to eliminate Mark Henry. Uh, Bubba Ray was fucking awesome in this. Just like yeah. little things he would do. Mm. You know the way he like. Interact with the crowd. He gets up in the turnbuckle and stares at people and starts looking like he's going to fight. Putting them. his fists up. What, what, what I loved about this was Mark Henry getting eliminated because <laughs> he essentially eliminates himself. He needs because a lot, they, yeah. they they try and eliminate him and they like, "You're too fat, mate." So he just goes, "All right, then I'll just jump over." <laughs> they, they do practically nothing to eliminate him. Oh yeah, no, he he pretty much does it himself here. Uh, Jim Ross, despite the fact, too cool. Very over here now. Like, they're now aligned with Rikishi, as we yeah. saw in the wedding episode. Really fun act. Jim Ross is still like... He hates them. He, hate, he hates Grandmaster's he, he, He's got a little bit better, but not much at all. He knows at least to keep his voice hush when he's saying yeah. that he doesn't <laughs> yeah. like them a little bit. I suppose we get to the point with this and a lot about Royals. Um, I was kind of like, can we skip to the good bit? Yeah. Because, as we said, you know... Fat Royales, they, it fills up and there's a slow bill. Trim this, the fat. Trim the fat and then we get to the good bit. I don't like, a lot of people say, oh, I don't like Battle Royales. It's it's weird for me because I hate usually 50, 60% of a Battle Royale. Mm. But when you get down to the last few guys. It's so good. Yeah. It's it's always great. Yeah. Like um, So yeah, we, we got a bit of that here. Too Cool get eliminated by Edge and Christian. The fucking youth on the spray in the ring. I think with the exception of Bradshaw and Farouk. Most of the guys in the ring are under 30. Yeah. Edge and Christian get eliminated by the sneaky Dudley boys. Do you hear what JR says here? He doesn't say they're eliminated. He says they've been illuminated. Illuminated. And for all the other illuminations, that is what he says. (laughs) For the the remainder of this match. I thought he said he was illuminated. Like like he got a load of silt on him or something like that. Uh, Corner cradle suplex by Bubba Ray Dudley. Fucking scary looking yeah. move. Jesus Christ. And then we get uh, some of the, you know, some stuff we didn't get to see a lot because the Dudleys with their heels, we don't get to see this so much. We will see it a lot in the in the, the year to come. But they're great double team offense, specifically the uh, the, the diving headbutt, yeah. which is not yet the was up. Oh God, that's going to be an it awkward trip be. around memory lane, isn't it? Like, <laughs> what, what do we do was up? Like, right there. Yeah. Oh, Jesus it's Christ. It's still cool. It's still cool. Oh, oh, People still do that. We're still cool, right? But yeah, we also get like the 3DB, which is the backdrop. Uh, yeah. 3D, just great stuff here. Uh, Matt eliminates Steve on though, and the Dudley boys are out. Down to the Acolytes and the Hardys. And the Hardys get, I think, the first time ever, chance. 
Hardy yeah. chance, sustained chance as well. It's and I great. so bought into this because it's like we've seen these guys fight before the Hardys and the Acolytes, but like you were saying, this was very much a young battle royal. Yeah. The Acolytes were the only two older guys in yeah. there, so when it came down to just these and the Hardys, I was like, oh my god, come on, Hardys, you can fucking do this. I, I was, was exactly the I was same. so rooting for them. Anyway, Jim Ross at the start saying, oh, Hardys in many people's eyes were the rightful tie champions. They'd come really close on Raw yeah. to beating the Outlaws, of course, because the Outlaws are in DX. Um, sneaky it's sneaky so like the idea of just oh someone has to fucking get this title yeah. shot you really think the Hardys deserve it both Brad and Matt get eliminated at the same time so the referee kind of rules it off so mm. we just kind of get two on two and fucking hell it's sudden death and it's tense as fuck towards the end of this clothesline from hell on Jeff ow oh. <laughs> Jeff eliminates Farouk but again the referee is distracted Bradshaw hangs on after getting a missile drop kick to the outside and it was amazing to see Bradshaw big fucking tub of guts Doing the whole, like, hanging yeah, on. I felt sure that was it, like. It, yeah. was, it was amazing, like. Uh, very tense here. Jeff goes running towards Bradshaw, but he gets tossed up and over by Farouk. Unbelievable. He goes flying. Yeah. And Jeff, like, he, got, he, got, he's, he doesn't flip over. He's still, like, on his feet, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Up through the air and, like, whoa. I genuinely thought for a second he was going to land on the barricade. That, if he was Sabu, if he had, if he had, if he had a Kofi spot. Do a Kofi Kingston, yeah. Yeah, but uh, fucking hell. Rough bump to end that one. Yeah. Craig really, like... Boo, but you know, it was great and mm. uh, really, really great stuff here. And again, you know, obviously Battle Royals suffer from, from the usual slums of, of a Battle Royale, but this thing had me excited because one, we had a lot of variety of teams. Mm -hmm. Two, they all have seeming direction, places to go, things to do. And three, fucking Hardy's uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley and Edge Christian are all super over. And fucking yeah. hell, I can't wait to get to the Rumble. That's good news. It's very good news. Uh, yeah, good match. Backstage, Jim Ross claims Lillian isn't mean nor tough, but she's backstage. Kurt, you have come into the WWF with full force, and you're having tremendous success. Well, thank you. I sure am. But I want to make one thing perfectly clear. I am still undefeated here in the World Wrestling Federation. Last Thursday night, Steve Blackman was fully responsible for the loss we suffered against the Dudleys. Now, it's not Steve's fault. I mean, he is who he is. And very few of us reached that pinnacle of success, that level of intensity where I am. I mean, my Olympic gold medal speaks for itself. But I'm getting kind of a funny response from the fans out there all around the country. But I know here in Southern Florida, they will appreciate my gold medal. They will appreciate my past accomplishments. And I know they will appreciate a true American hero. Um, um, she's backstage with Kurt Angle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, you know, Lillian is a person. That is, speaking of segues, <laughs> can I just say that is the worst segue ever? Yeah, like literally the worst. That's terrible. Fucking hell! That's Michael Cole levels of segue right there. Unbelievable. So yeah, we got Lillian backstage with Kurt Angle. Kurt talks about his undefeated streak, and again we get the amazing bit about it, the screwy undefeated streak. He lost a tag match uh, with with uh, on SmackDown with Steve Blackman as his partner, oh, but yeah. because Blackman took the pinfall. He's still technically undefeated. Ah. And Kurt just wants everyone to know that, you know, yeah. that he's still the hero. But uh, Kurt, what a great line here. He goes, you know, Lillian, I just don't get it. I've been getting a kind of funny response from the crowd. But I know the good people here tonight in Florida will appreciate a real American hero. And he's like, yeah. Woo. Woo. <laughs> I love this. Like, yeah. It's His character is really absolutely brilliant. brilliant. And uh, yeah, talk about handling himself well, you know, backstage. You know, this is his first kind of backstage promo confident very confident you know his character is well defined so coming up next 
It is the man who potentially put a blemish on Kurt's perfect record taking on Kurt himself. It is Kurt Angle taking on Steve Blackman. Kurt Angle comes out to uh, cut a promo about the three eyes, but gets cut off immediately by Blackman, who runs to the ring. Yeah, straight to it. It's amazing to see Steve Blackman all like fucking fired up. And, yeah. like, I, I'm a big Blackman fan. Back and forth to start things off. Kurt gets the big moonsault in on this. Uh, Completely misses, but it's... Uh, I don't I, he, has he ever hit it, Billy? Well, I, don't, I don't even know. I mean, he does it all the time. It's his big spot. He certainly yeah. didn't hit it off the top of a cage in TNA. The sad old <gasps> man. Jeez, fucking moonsault off the top of a wheelchair. Like. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh. watch out, lads, because the one thing, if Kurt Angle misses you in TNA with the fucking moonsault off the top of the cage, his IV stand will hit you on the way down. Oh. And then his iron lung will fall on top of you as well. Like. <laughs> It's like it's like a cluster bomb when Kurt does it because he he jumps off and the force of doing that all his limbs just fall all right, off all, right, all the all bits right. and bobs and he's like ah little bits of Kurt Angle stop making fun of the husk that my favorite wrestler has become he please. aspires to be a husk at, the <laughs> at least the husk is in one bit stop <laughs> enough big Kurt Angle fans here on the podcast <laughs> but yeah to the point Kurt Angle does do a moonsault it's yeah. a very good moonsault oh it's amazing uh, Cody Rhodes does that now you know the big fucking just yeah. big air if you actually hit someone with it you probably kill them <laughs> because of their velocity but uh, yeah Blackman then gets in a couple of fucking sweet submission moves the kind of thing you'd only be seeing in a Wrestlemania 2000 or No Mercy bow and arrow lock leg grapevine some really cool stuff uh, I like the idea that they're doing this thing where Kurt is like being put in situations he's not familiar with so like mm. now he's like against a guy he's doing submissions and it's like a different and he's gotta learn yeah yeah, it's pretty cool Kurt Angle gets back on offense cue boring chance immediately yeah. Kurt just looks incensed <laughs> you just boring booing me <laughs> you know what's great is that I was looking you know I, I always look back on reports from the arena and like you know website reports and recaps of these shows at the time to see what people thought at the time and people were like really like were worked so easily by Angle. They're really? like, oh, this guy, he's getting boring chance. It's two pay-per-views in a row. This guy's fucked. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, that's the point. It's brilliant. It's really great. Like, Very I mean, clever. you just see Kurt Angle's got this perfect fucking story laid out from it. It's just refreshing to see a guy knowing that he's got his... Kurt Angle, it wouldn't surprise me that he's got the next six months planned out pretty much yeah. where he's going. You can tell he's going somewhere with a gimmick that strong. Definitely, like. yeah. A double underhook suplex from Kurt followed by a quick little woo. Uh, shades of own heart there yeah. I like that Blackman heads back on the attack but Angle uses some quick wrestling rolls I love that you know out of nowhere Angle pulls out the actual Olympic style wrestling German suplex with a bridge Kurt wins and then breaks down in tears crying yeah, he's <laughs> he looks so happy, so happy. <laughs> yes I it. beat Steve Blackman <laughs> And then uh, before he can, before the confetti can come down, like, and I don't know, like a baby can come in for him to kiss, <laughs> uh, Blackman attacks him with nunchucks. And in a perfect kind of, ah, fuck you, it's WWF, you know, Blackman lost. He beats up the man who beat him cleanly with nunchucks. Yeah. And the crowd cheer him. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, it's like. It's our yard, kind of Exactly. Thing. It's like the crowd are technically heel in a, in yeah. a sense. And, you know, that's great. Yes, you're a better wrestler, Kurt Angle, but you're not cool. So, you know, you've got to learn to fit in. <laughs> the heel's got to think that he's right. It's, yeah. it's the basic principle of a great wrestling heel. And Kurt Angle has got all the reason in the world to think that he's been maligned. It's brilliant. Totally. I gotta say, this match, this is the first time on the podcast, we've discussed this a little bit in the past, I was fucking impressed with Steve Blackman here. I thought yeah. he was fucking ace in this yeah, match. Yeah, he did real good. Like, in, in the past, we've had Blackman, and I've always said, like, oh yeah, you're always on about how cool he is, and he seemed good in this match or whatever, but nothing really seemed to be that special. 
But in this, working with Kurt Angle and you know doing some proper wrestling and some proper offense, like he was absolutely awesome in this. Definitely. Looking yeah. forward to seeing more now. Looking forward to seeing more of this backstage. It's the perv cam. Oh yeah. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Come in, Michael. Phoebe, I am so excited. I cannot wait for tonight's evening. Gal, match it up. Uh, Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon here in California. I mean, Florida. But anyhow, you really think that you have a chance to win the... the uh... Michael, could you do me a favor and zip this? Sure. Zip it, you idiot. going to be awfully difficult to get out of tonight at a... At a... Armageddon? Yeah, uh, thanks. You're welcome. I gotta go. Thank you. Thanks. Now, what I like about this is that... All right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to get another email calling us the F word for uh, for complaining? <laughs> oh, oh, no, guess what? Fucking spoiler alert. The four women are going to roll around in a pool and we're not too happy about it. Like, <laughs> if you don't like it, turn off the podcast now, I guess. <laughs> don't worry, we're not going to describe it in salacious detail so you can jack off to it. Like, <laughs> good Lord. Like. But yeah, all right, you've got a thing called GTV, which is a nice thing which they've set up so that they can have these backstage encounters and mm. all this kind of... But no, we just cut backstage to like a, like a screen of BB changing, really like obviously, and it's just the regular camera. Just the cameraman's there. in yeah. there, like, oh yeah, look at that, oh And then Michael Cole comes in. For, for this is like. I'm being tested here. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. This is my whale. This is <laughs> this is fucking. I'm not talking about the white whale. I'm talking about Job living in a whale. And we're talking about like the worst acting you've ever seen in wrestling. Michael Cole just like staring at BB's boobs, going like, "Day uh, BB, <laughs> we, uh, we're here day. at a uh, um, uh, um, uh, no, um, a boobs no, day. It's awful. <laughs> it's really, really, really pathetic. Quite poor. So yeah, basically he's like, "Oh, you are wearing a dress." And you'll be in this match coming up next. Here we go. Women's title is on the line. A four corners evening gown match in a pool. <laughs> what is this? Like, as soon as I saw that this was going to be in a pool, I just I just immediately said, this is going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. Who and gives a fuck? Is. Way pool, way. Who even cares? Like, I, just, I want to actually just fast forward this All and right. not even pay attention to it. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll just, we'll, we'll drop some random thoughts here. First and foremost, who's ever fantasized about women in a pool? Wearing dresses. Wearing dresses. Yeah. All right, I've been dropping so many clips for sale references, you already know I'm a fucking pervert. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, evening gown in a pool? That's, that's so, very specific. That's so fucking out there. Like. That's what Vince is into, That is clearly yeah. what Vince is into. <laughs> totally. That is dragons fucking castles with levels of weird. Like. <laughs> and yes, that exists. We've got, we've got like... The storyline for this was what we saw, which was like Ivory and BB had like, there was a story. an issue. Uh, yeah. Okay. The story's been left behind, though, because this story is about BB and Ivory. Because BB embarrassed Ivory, then yeah. Ivory embarrassed BB, and the whole thing is and that then, I have to pay for you, i embarrass then you. fair play if you want to add Jackie and Kitty, but you've still got to have that moment between BB and Ivory, because that's what the setup for this entire match is. And then they just eliminate BB. It, well, and then it's just over. <laughs> what's silly about it is, is that, yeah, you set up this feud between these two, and it's like, I'm going to embarrass you in an evening game match. Which is like, alright, 
you know, if you're going to be so gung-ho and, and do a fucking evening game match, you know, at least when they did Luna and Sable, it made sense that they had an evening game match. Because yeah. yeah. they had a feud and had an issue that needed to be resolved seemingly through an evening game match. But when you just make this a fatal four-way and then go, it, put him in a pool. <laughs> it just immediately makes so you obvious. like, it's like, all right, we are clearly just trying to be lowest We're common denominator. We're just now, yeah. Not even trying to hide it. It's showing that the women they have currently employed aren't to be taken seriously as anything other than sex things and titillation. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with that as well is the fact that you've got China out there, China being all these big matches and big angles, what the whole idea behind it is that, no, it's not a political thing, and it's not because China's friends with Triple H or whoever or Shawn Michaels. It's because we're empowering women and we're, you know, doing this whole gender thing. This negates that. Completely cancels it out. And that just makes you kind of go, oh, it is probably political shit that China's getting over. Because, you know, we just don't think much of the women here at all. And, uh, yeah, it really kind of defeats the purpose. And here's another thing as well. Just when we're getting to the technicalities of doing a match where your women are going to flail around in some sort of liquids, right? Be it pudding, gravy, chocolate, or whatever other brown thing you've made them roll around in over the years, WWE, you've got one spot in the match, which is them going into it. Yeah, actually... That's all you can do. This is the uh, the one part that I actually did find to make uh, of note in this match was literally just when um, Ivory like shoves BB's head under the water, like you know, just holding her under there. Try, try and drown each other. Yeah, Kevin literally sat up and went, "Yes, kill us!" <laughs> <laughs> so angry was he. <laughs> but no, my, my thing here is this: is that you can do the one thing which is like splash. Oh, they went into the water. But they do it during the fucking entrances. They just, they just get into the just pool. Just get in. <laughs> like, but so, so, oh. some of them just some of them just get in. One of them's pushed in. Uh, two of them are pushed in by May, and it's just it's so weird. But they're all happy to be in there anyway. Surely, it's not like, there, should oh, be, I got worse. surely there should be a scrap outside of it first. Then they all yeah. go in. If you're gonna do it at all, it's like they did once where they like had a match and like the two women wrestled in a big thing of pudding. As like they both came out like, oh god, look at all this pudding, guys, and they jumped in. It was like, whoa. More pudding. All right, give us five minutes, and this is like that's it, like because you can't go in it again. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they writhe around in the pool, slowly dre- undressing as King goes. Blah. Ooh. <laughs> eh. Don't even fucking start on King. He really actually made me very angry tonight. Yeah. Just won't shut because like this. He peaks at the evening. His attention span peaks in this match. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the pay-per-view is just him trying to pay attention. And then when he gets bored, referring back to this match <laughs> and how great it was. Ivory struggles to remove BB's bra like fucking oh, hell. For 45 seconds, she's just stood there tearing away at it. Yeah, and she tries to pull it over her head. She tries to go, oh, it just, no, doesn't work. Just give up. And then the crowd boo. And yeah. The, yeah. the crowd are fucking animalistic for this one. Yeah, you can hear them panting. Yeah, Ivory then gets, you know, it's a great sad sight to see Ivory, who are big fans of, just get like, you know, stripped and lose yeah. the belt as well. Especially and to Miss Kitty. To Miss Kitty, mm. who is like, come, the most... She she's not a wrestler. She's not even no. a character. She's no. nothing. This just struck me of like when Deborah won the belts by yeah. losing mm-hmm. an evening game match. It's just kind of like, all right, we've had enough of trying taking them seriously for now. Let's let's go back and back to silly stuff. Let's ring these girls out and get every drop out of money we could possibly yeah. get out of them. Uh, so yeah, Kitty wins and also wins the belt. And then she goes up on stage and she says, that, I know why you're all here. It's to see me uh, naked. It's, it's so bad. She just gets up there. She's, she's won the belt. Doesn't even acknowledge the fact that she's, no. new, no. that she's a new women's champion. She just I goes, I won. But I know you came to see me naked and gets her tits out. Well, the best and thing is she says, um, they made me wear underwear. No, they made you go out and strip in front of my <laughs> That's the bigger issue here, Miss Kitty. Like. But, but as soon as she strips, we get a glass shattering... Stone Cold Steve Austin pop from the crowd. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It is the pop Ridiculous. of the night. I think like Austin on a Zamboni. 
Yeah, like, the biggest pop ever. Yeah, it's yeah. the pop of the night. And you know what? This is one which was God. You know, it actually probably went such a long way to get so many people like watching wrestling through a backwards way. When you think about it, because this was the talk of the playground. Oh man, the, the videotape of the this. Videotape got, this. Like, this got passed around like all the school lads. Like I, I must have had it four or five times. You know, we all shared it around till the tape. Got I remember the tape thing, did like, have a thing, which is like, oh, warning, you know, nudity, blah blah blah. Like they were like real kind of like, you know, yeah. it's like Triple H, Vince McMahon, tits. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. I could be shooting myself in the foot here by saying this, but I do think this is kind of the lowest point that we get in terms well, of... You can't get any lower, surely. Yeah, I mean, like, for, I mean, we have, like, a bikini contest, like, at the next pay-per-view, but again, I've just said, you know, you can do things like that to get people's personalities across. At least express something. And yeah, and this, it was literally just the four women got in. It could have been any four women. Yeah. You know, it literally could have been four Godfather's hoes. Yeah. That's all that, that people cared about this. Doesn't matter who it just is. Just rolling around in a pool. Yeah. Ah. Kids in the crowd. Chlorine turns me on. <laughs> Fucking hell. And uh, then, then made tries to take it close yeah. up as well. Oh, Billy, don't you don't you worry. Yeah. Wait till Royal Rumble 2000, my friend. You've <laughs> May, got some stuff to see there. May Young really wants to strip. Sergeant Slaughter thankfully puts an end to it and this whole segment. Fucking hell, it was a nice to see backstage our main man, the Kmart, Kevin Kelly. <laughs> Fucking hell, Kevin Kelly backstage chatting with our main man, Rikishi. Hickory dickory dot. Rikishi finally talks. Bob Holly, crash. Watch out for the Rakishi drop. And it goes like this, boys. For the last week or so since Rakishi has hit the World Wrestling Federation, you decide to jump on the newcomer. Well, check these out, punks. When Rakishi gets his hands on you two fools, Armageddon just might be your last day. Because while you out there making fun of all you want to call the fat people in the world, well, I represent all them fat, healthy people out there in the world. Rikishi Dice Clay over here. <laughs> Hickory Dickory Duck. Hickory Dickory Duck. Rikishi decides to finally talk. <laughs> and then just stops rhyming. <laughs> and the Academy Awards for Best Performance in a Wrestling Promo. Goes to Rikishi Fatu. It's so shit, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it goes on to say that he represents all the fat, healthy people. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on there a sec, Rikishi. I just want to call you out on something there. Fat and healthy, you say? Yeah. 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 What? Like Sam- he's just saying Samoan people, is what he's saying. <laughs> Thick people. <laughs> Fucking racist. Like. All right, I mean, first of all, if you're going to go the whole rhyme route, you know, tell a rhyme. Make sure it rhymes, like, <laughs> clock, sorry, dock and talk. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. Yeah. We know he, we know he's got friends as well, though, like like The Rock, who does frequently rhyme in his promos yeah. sometimes. So he's like, just, just say, oh, here, 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 Dwayne, can you uh, listen to this? He's like, I'm sure he'd be fine with that. Just no, he just says, I've written this, it's I'm, really I'm good, I'm going to go with it. And he's <laughs> so serious when he says it as well. He's hickory, like, hickory, hickory, dickory, duck. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, he goes, uh, I represent all the fat, slight pause, healthy people out there. Do you think, like, at home, like, Vader was like, and then, like, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> my new hero. Oh, you know. So, yeah, um, we've got Rikishi, who's obviously had some issues with the Holly Cousins, as myself and Billy saw on the episode of Raw we reviewed, teaming up with Viscera. 
Yeah. Very strange. So Rikishi and Viscera taking on the Holly Cousins in the battle of the super duper heavyweights. Viscera coming out, he's referred to as Jim Ross as being a couple of biscuits or Cinnabon short of 500 pounds. Oh. <laughs> and it was at this point, like, they were making their entrance, and I was thinking, like, you know, well, Viscera's not great, but at least Rikishi and the Holly used to be a nice match. We can forget all about that fucking swimming pool business and get straight back into the pay per view here. As the entrances are going on, King just goes, Oh, I just saw some real-life puppies with cute pink little noses. Oh, I miss I'm that. I'm starting to think that King has never been with a lady. Because like he always goes on about it so much that I think he's just really excited. Well, it for depends it on your happen. definition of lady, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Viscera is a couple of biscuits short of 500 pounds. His theme is a couple of notes short of a melody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rikishi comes out as well. Nice pop. Rikishi is a fucking awesome wrestler. Mm, I really yes. love his style. And particularly early Rikishi, while he was still kind of being experimental before he settled into just the kind of, oh, stink face. Yeah. We got a lot of really cool stuff here. And Rikishi goes solo for most of the match at the start. And he kicks some fucking ass, throwing Crash Holly around like a like a, like a tic-tac. He looks like, it was like yeah. a massive badass. And uh, kudos to Crash as well. He, he makes, you know, he's considerably smaller than everyone else in this match, and he makes him look great. Yeah. Viscera will not tag. Because he is a baddie, basically. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Big Samoan drop from Viscera and a hellacious belly-to-belly suplex. Fuck me, I lost my shit. Viscera then lays out both hollies and goes to do a big splash. And uh, you can attest to this when you watch it. I just couldn't stop laughing because Viscera misses. There's something about when Viscera does a big splash, he goes... <laughs> it's a great noise. I, I half expect every time he he does a move like that, um, to, he just go go through. You know, like in the cartoon, <laughs> yeah. where you get like a perfect outline going right through something. He misses both of them, so he goes and just fucking bounces off the mat like a ball. It's brilliant. Surprised he got up. Kevin laughed for a good three minutes of that, and then said <laughs> he fell on his fucking ass, and then laughed some more. It's, it's like throwing like a really really springy mattress out a two story window. Like. <laughs> Bouncing off. Visred like does double team moves, you know, on the Hollies, mm-hmm. two of them at the same time. And then the Hollies do double team moves on Visra, like trying to get him off his feet, like holding him up, doing drop kicks, all this stuff, and Visra won't leave his feet. It's great. It's the best Visra's look so far in the podcast, yeah, yeah. I have to say. Including a really awesome moment where uh, Crash went for the sunset flip and then oh, yeah. Vis is left there and then Bob tries to knock him over and then he turns into a leg drop. Awesome. Great stuff from Viscera. And he, he can move. Yeah, he can he really when he wants can to. He can move when he wants to. Uh, Rikishi comes in, clears house. Again, all these amazing things. He does like a, a three-quarter diamond cutter type thing where he lifts yeah. him up. Wow. Yeah. That was great. He looks like a complete badass at this point. And it's like a one-man 3D. It was fucking brilliant. Yeah. And uh, when he does it, I think it's actually around the time he does that exact move, King just goes, Rikishi sure is fat. <laughs> he looks like a monster in the room. PH80 is what he said. Uh, Pretty hot and tempting. That's that's the real. Uh, he's all that and a bag of chips. Um, is, fuck is, Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. Sick of it. Rikishi also hits the Rikishi driver, which is a move mm. I fucking adore. This comes in and tries to get one of the Hollies with his wheel kick, but he clocks Rikishi. Bob gets the win, and the Hollies win this match. Yeah. Oh, you know what? This was actually quite good. Well, it's, it's, all right. yeah. it's all right. I was Better really surprised. I was expecting this to be uh, a bit of a job. Yeah, but I it, thought it, that it Rikishi yeah. was just going to get over. And, yeah. yeah, and it wasn't. I, I did enjoy it. So, obviously, Rikishi's going to... Rikishi in the Rumble, I think... 
you know, that's why we kind of can say it's almost like a coming out party because yeah. we have a lot of these new characters coming in at the moment and, you know, they say that you don't get a real test of if you're over with the WF crowd until you're in front of Madison Square Garden, which is, of course, where we are next month. Yeah. So it's interesting to see a lot of these guys who we're really fond of now to see how they'll get over oh, it'll go. on the home turf, so to speak. Uh, Rikishi let all the fat people down. Hickory dickory dock. Rikishi finally lost. See what I did there. That's better than his one. See what I fucking <laughs> did there. Fucking uh, Rikishi and Viscera brawl, so you know this thing ain't over. Backstage, Lillian Garcia is with the big Val Bosky, who's now wearing a black towel. I'll just say it right now. Um, am I the only one who's kind of like he's a little bit stale? The whole yeah gimmick. Val Venus. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to say it really. But not like, not I, not in the ring now. As the rest of this man is a fucking still horse, brilliant. Like still, still great. brilliant. Just the the gimmick. Like it's just like it's uh, a gimmick which. Which requires him to be in a story, like a, yeah, proper, st- like, a proper story. Yeah, because when it was just, gold dust, it was great, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. You can't, you can't just throw him together with D'Lo and Bulldog and just say, you know, expect him to get over or bring anything to the table. He's just a gimmick, then, isn't he? He is mm. just the big Valboski, like a new like generation that's... type thing. It's like, oh, he's a guy and his gimmick, like Fandango or someone. He is a blank. Never mind the story. His thing is that he's yeah. this. So he'll come out. It? He'll say this. You know, like a X Y Z. Everyone cheers. He takes his towel off. And also, not like. having Russo and Ferrer there to write the old sexy promos. Uh, this one was a bit. He's just writing yeah. himself now. I don't know. I, was I am going writing. to go to Europe and have sex with European women. Now come, Lillian. Let's go have sex. And <laughs> and just walk yeah, off she, she's perfectly happy to do it because yeah. uh, he can speak Spanish, which you know, if if you really want to have sex with a Spanish woman, speak Spanish to her. That's all you need to do. That's how all those Spanish men get laid all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coming up next, triple threat match. D'Lo versus Velo versus Bido. Bido being the British bulldog. Velo being... Oh, never mind. European <laughs> <laughs> title on the line. Bulldog coming out, accompanied by the Mean Street Posse. Of course, Mean Street Posse are all... Uh, modelling their Gap wear and of yeah. course British Bulldog is the new brown leather jacket available from Gap <laughs> <laughs> that perspires when you wear it for too long uh. Era, God I know we've beaten this horse to death but fucking hell it just breaks my heart to see the Bulldog like this especially to see him working with two amazing wrestlers like this D'Lo and Val Venus you know I love D'Lo and Val no matter what match they're in but I Come on, they can't do a triple threat with the bulldog. They can't. Well, cover they for they it. have to. They have to try and you know carry this match. Yeah. Well, I thought. I mean, given that his awful fucking outings in the last few episodes, I thought with this one, it's like right, he's in a triple threat, which by its nature means he can sit out most of the action, mm. and he's in there with two guys who are fucking awesome. And they did, they did it with Cena back when he first started. You know, they yeah. had like Michaels and Kurt Angle and Triple Threat, and it's kind of like get him over. You know, cover for the guy who sucks by having two really good guys work most mm. of the match. And I was quietly optimistic about this, and uh, is this was really a big letdown. Awful. Uh, yeah. Really quite poor. Bulldog is... I don't know what it is. He's just, again, it's the like timing. Is that it? It's timing, and also he doesn't sell. He will not sell anyone's offense. Like, you know, Val will be punching him in the face, and Bulldog's just not flinching. He's just stepping backwards, basically, to react to it. Yeah. It looks awful. It's really not he's, fair. He's not adapted well to where the product is. No. Which I think has been the biggest so much, problem since he's come back. The dinosaur. It's, ch- it's changed completely from what it was. It's a much faster style, because I think, what well, we say late 90s WWF, completely compared to, you know, the, the golden era, wherever, you know, the Hogan era, when Bulldog would have been really prevalent. 
a lot more knockout in terms of like boom you're down up down you know that's Jericho had a problem with that he said when he came in that WWF style mm. adapting to that kind of the quickness you need a serious cardio yeah. because you're going down and going back up and going down and up and Bulldog you can tell within a few moments is just fucking sucking wind like he's just and that's why he doesn't sell because he's just out of it yeah. Yeah. he does almost no offensive maneuvers in this no very very he just very gets few. tossed around I mean Bulldog gets worked over uh, well, you get double, gets double teamed everyone gets a double team for a bit in this one but Bulldog sent against the ropes by, by Val and D'Lo hip toss now if you were to send me against the ropes me as being Kevin who's no wrestling training two people in the world who I want catching me and giving me a move it would be D'Lo and Val and it would probably be them doing a double hip toss because that's the most basic move that yeah. two men could do on someone and they're the safest guys possible and I'm pretty sure with my momentum and their help we could do it. We'd all be fine. Easily. Yeah. Bulldog's a veteran of fucking 15 years. Goes against the ropes. And he's right in his fucking head. It, it looks painful. He, he literally nearly it, kills himself. Yeah. Could have easily ended his career. And then. straight away, Jim Ross on camera is like, Bulldog's done. He's finished. He's done. Yeah. Shocking. Really shocking. Abysmal. Poor, poor stuff. Um, yeah, given two of the competitors in this match, uh, the pace is not what you think it would be. Even when Bulldog is not in the ring, he just stands outside with his hands on his hips. Even though he's taking all these big moves, he's excused to sell. He just stands there waiting. Yeah. And that, for me, I thought was... Literally waiting his turn is all it is. Yeah, I mean, he gets dropped on his head and then gets a double suplex and he rolls outside and just stands there and waits. Let that's me know when fucking... you guys want me to uh, jump back in, yeah? I don't know, I think that's a bit disrespectful. It is, no, yeah. It is. Exactly. At least sit down and sell for a little bit. Yeah, fucking hell, guys. I mean, no one's going to get over if no one sells for anyone, you yeah. know? That just doesn't work. Uh, Sunset flip powerbomb off the top rope by D'Lo. D'Lo and Val get some fucking good shit going here at last. Bulldog, gassed, out of place, comes back in. Watches the sky high from D'Lo. D'Lo hits the lowdown, but then Val hits the money shop on top of D'Lo, which I thought was a very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Val Venus wins, but again, a couple of sad things. One, Val eh, floundering, D'Lo floundering, European title. Meaningless. Meaningless yeah. at this stage. Yeah. Give it back to D'Lo. At least he does something with it. Mm, I don't, yeah, I, Bulldog is really just like. It's one of his last. It's his last like regular match. We'll see him at the Rumble, but this is his last regular match. We'll see him and like. It's Good. Just, yeah. Again, I just want to maybe point out the reason why it's so hard to watch Bulldog is because I'm a I'm a big fan of the Bulldog. Mm. Like seeing him back in the day, it just seeing this run is just. It's tragic. Great. Tragic. Backstage, Michael Cole is with the X to the P to the A to the C. Make some noise. The demands are this, Kane. You demand that I'm in a cage match? Well, I demand a few things myself. The first thing is this. You can only win, boy, by pinfall. That means you can't climb out of the cage. You can't climb over the top and you can't climb through the door because that's going to be chained shut and locked. I, on the other hand, can climb out over the top and win that way. I can pin him as well, which I might very well do. Hit him with the X Factor. Oh yeah, and one more thing. Tell your old lady to quit calling my hotel room at all hours of the night, because she ain't gonna get none. Uh, basically, Kane can't escape. Yeah. He yeah. can only win by pinfall. Why? I don't know, because that, <laughs> that doesn't seem like a disadvantage, does it? No. Well, no, if anything, yeah, because, you know, Kane's the big guy. He's probably not going to try and climb out anyway. I was going to say, if he could only escape Kane, yeah. yeah. That would be a disadvantage. Mm. But, yeah. But, I mean, why is X-Pac allowed to call the shots like this anyway? And then <laughs> X-Pac with the lamest line ever goes, I can win by a pin. 
Made it the X Factor. <laughs> so that, casual. That's my finisher. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a bit of an awkward promo, but I'm fucking jazzed for this one. Kane and Xbox. So am I, considering what we saw last saw. time. Mm. Yeah, can we always say that you can, you're, now that there's three of us are back here again, we can confirm, we can kind of, the, the great mystery of Xbox is is probably the fact that he they had him women. beat women on yeah, TV. No, it's because he's a woman beating prick. On a weekly basis, yeah. like, that shit sticks, dude. Fucking hell. X-Pac comes out at the start of this one. It's a cage match between Kane and X-Pac. Uh, Kane is wearing his uh, his black and red attire, uh, which is fucking awesome, coming out with Tori. Tori, who again is like, she's frightened for her life, and you keep asking yourself, is half the stuff she's scared about legitimate, mm. or is she like using Kane to her own advantage, or does she simply like have like, you know, deep psychological problems and Kane is just doing what he thinks is best. She keeps saying everyone is, is out to get her. So Kane is just like, doesn't know what to do. It's yeah. a fucking great storyline. This is really good and really turned my opinion around on Tori uh, quite a bit. Yeah. X-Pac squares immediately up to her. Yeah, which is just a hilarious. <laughs> and King immediately goes, slip her the tongue. Ah! <laughs> Take her clothes off. <laughs> Yeah, Xbox goes like straight up to her, like tries to force himself on Tori. Uh, Kane and Xbox brawl outside, fucking hard hitting stuff straight away. Both men climb into the cage, which I yeah, that's awesome. You know, mm. enough guys do that. It looks like toys as well, because you know Xbox in the bright green and Kane's in the bright red, and it's in like this silver steel cage. This is a very eye pleasing match, I think. It just mm. looks nice. Well, for me as well, a great thing about this is that this is such a great feud for someone to get interesting come in, it's like, first of all, you see Kane, who's, like, this is a prototypical amazing wrestler. He's like, he's like a superhero type character. Yeah. Big red monster, cool mass, all this stuff. And, you know, he's against this little creep. Little scumbag yeah. creep. And it's like, everyone, everyone wants to see that. This is such an easy match to get into yeah. in that way. It's, it's really, really great. Because it's a Kane match, and Tori is there, and Jerry Lawler is commentating, that means we get Jerry Lawler coming on Kane's sexual prowess, uh, or, or lack thereof. Says that when... When Tori had sex with Kane, she said, What am I, the early bird? Because his dick is a worm. No. His dick is a platy helmet. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't make a burn joke. Yeah. And to which Jim Ross replies, You're a plethora of sexual information. <laughs> <laughs> it's not information. <laughs> it's not information. <laughs> X-Pac flies and gets caught by Kane. This is how you book these matches, essentially. Yeah. X-Pac off something, Kane catches him, powers him over. You know, we get great stuff like Kane catching him off, a spinning heel kick, but he picks him into a power bomber. Ugh. The big tilt of worlds, which Kane gets. These two, it's just fucking fire and ice, baby. Works beautifully every single time. Outlaws appear, they open up the door which had been chained shut, slam the cage door on Kane's head and give X-Pac a chair. And then we get the X-Factor on the chair. And we're like, oh fuck, this is this is scary. Yeah. Handcuffs come into play. Uh. And I don't think there's ever been an instance of handcuffs coming into play and us not being upset. Yeah. yeah. Be it I quit or the really shit hell in the cell with Boss Fed on the table. <laughs> well, at least the handcuffs weren't made of rubber this time. Made True of that. fucking fiberglass or whatever <laughs> it was they were before. God. So yeah, uh, X-Pac cuffs Kane to the cage wall. Kane is cuffed and helpless and then Tori comes in to stop X-Pac. And again, it's like, there's been guys who's hit women before and like, you know, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it when it's like a good guy hitting a, a heel woman. Mm. I think that kind of goes against 
the nature of a baby face. Maybe that's yeah. just me being old school. Like I think people at the moment are kind of like, oh, I hope Daniel Bryan kicks Stephanie's head in. I don't really, no, personally. No. <laughs> but when you've got a, uh, in this kind of situation where you've got uh, a creepy heel like X-Pac, and it's fact as well, it's like it's not like the, the Dudleys will go through a thing where they put women through tables. But every time you do it, like Bubba, there's like a ceremony to it. He's kind of like pointing and like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you watch me do it. I'm going to do it. And afterwards, he's like, I did it. But X-Pog, like, he doesn't even look at Doesn't Tori. think about it. He doesn't he just, even look at her twice yeah. and he hits her with the X-Factor. He just backhands her and X-Factors her. Yeah. And honestly, it is the most malicious, evil thing. Totally. Like... This is worse than anything we've seen from anyone on the podcast so yeah, far. Yeah, you're right, because yeah. he doesn't make a deal out of it. There's yeah, no, that's there's, it. There's no it's showmanship just... or theatre of it. It's it's very real, sort of like, oh, fuck you, just hits her straight away. like. And I think, you know, that just goes a long way with fans. I mean... It's the it's the realism of it, I think. Yeah. Like, There's no pantomime about it. Because it's, just... it's not like Jeff Jarrett, who's kind of like, oh, I'm here to make a point and be the big goof about her. it. Yeah. yeah, it's just X-Pac, he's like... He's not on the microphone going, yeah, I'm going to hit a woman. He just fucking does it because he's a scumbag. And, yeah. like, that's cool in his book. And that's what makes him one of the most despicable heels of the, of the time. At so, this yeah. point in the match, I was basically screaming inside for Kane. Oh, and Kane, oh, is, yeah. Kane is tied up there. Yeah, like, he has to watch. Just, oh, God. And Jim Ross is just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, Brilliant it's just storytelling. great storytelling because then Kane just rips the... He rips off that handcuff mm. and he stands up and, like, you know, X-Pac is left there in the cage. He's no backup. X-Pac crawls over the top rope to get out, you know, right over the top. And then Kane goes outside and as X-Pac is escaping, pops him on his shoulders yeah. and just brings him right oh, back. You're coming back with me, kind of thing. I love it. That's nice. That's innovation. I've yeah. not yeah. seen that before. That's fucking awesome. So yeah, Kane, X-Pac left in the ring all on their own and then Kane just fucking levels them with the, with the cage door. Yeah. Fucking X-Pac goes flying. Kane then heads up to the top and in one of the most amazing moments ever, clothesline off the top rope from Kane. The size amazing. of Kane to be doing stuff like that yeah. is insane. Unfucking believable. Fucking love Kane. Yeah, he's <laughs> so just, cool, isn't he? He's the it's best. Great. Yeah, he, he was always a great character, and you know, he was just in some kind of dreary stuff. Mm. You know, he was hooked up with the Undertaker for so fucking long. But since the summer, him and Xbox, everything from them tagging to them feuding, it's been. Just brilliant with Pure Kane. Gold. Kane hits the Tombstone Pile Driver and wins. Fucking brilliant. For my money, uh, I think it's the best Kane match we've had in the podcast so far. Yeah, I'd be I inclined to agree. Yeah. I would say this is one of Kane's best ever uh, mm. singles matches. Just fucking brilliant. Love it. Problem, though, is that surely this is it now. Yeah, that, that's the ending, right? This has to mean Tombstone clean in a cage. Yeah. Fucking jumped off a cage. Caught you red-handed, killed you for doing what you did to my girl. But no, this goes on for a while. Really? More, yeah. We have a good few more encounters between these two. And Xbox has said himself in shoot interviews that one of his only real regrets in his career is that he thought that this was too much of a good thing. And it was it was their own fault that they enjoyed working with us so much mm. that they went to the well maybe one time too many. Yeah. And, you know, as much as it sucks anytime you got a feud where you're kind of like, fuck it, I wish they just... Ended sooner. Ended sooner. That That's always a, a crappy thing. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Alrighty, coming up next, this is a rivalry that knows no gender. It's Y2J in China. We get a video recap of, of the happenings of this feud. It is essentially just set to uh, Jericho's entrance music. Um, yeah, as we mentioned before, Jericho really going off the old deep end here. Um, <laughs> him tying China to a uh, to a chair, hitting her hand with a hammer. It's pretty villainous. Yeah. 
again, yeah, this is like Jericho is almost like a war with himself. It's this weird thing. It's it's not like a, I hate all women. It's again, it's just Jericho has this thing where he has to prove to himself that he can beat China. I'm better yeah. than her. I'm better than her. It's not a Jeff Jarrett type gimmick. I really like this. The main problem though is that Jericho at this point, you can tell Survivor Series the fans were. We could say we're with Jericho's side, right? Yeah, yeah, they're getting on his side. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, most people would kind of go, fuck it, the fans like Jericho, they're booing China. Let's, let's do just, a double turn. Let's do a double turn or turn Jericho face. Instead of the news, they went the whole other way, which is like, right, let's nip this in the bud <laughs> and make Jericho the most heinous fucking demon ever, which is why he likes you know, the promo which we saw on Raw where he's like, you know crying because he's you know got a concussion and all this oh, stuff uh, I had a horrible Thanksgiving yeah he's just <laughs> Jericho is just this like absolute brat backstage politically at the moment Jericho is fucking fucked like I mean you know Triple H thinks oh he's, he's not you know everyone who's got Vince's ear doesn't think much of Jericho no. basically you've got China complaining that he's you rough. know rough and fucking her over at every yeah. turn and all this stuff uphill struggle that being said I was very psyched for this match because you know, I don't. I didn't think they were going to repeat the mistakes they made in the last encounter these mm. two had. So uh, Jericho is a lot more serious now. Um, he's kind of coming out all Solomon stuff. He's not going to claim he's going to have a sex change like he did last month. <laughs> you know, bit of a change this one. China coming out as well. Big pops for both of them. Yeah, um, it's not like they were booing China this time. No, that's true. Yeah, but fucking hell, starting this thing off. Rough action at ringside. Yeah, if, straight if, away. If China was complaining before. China's going to be complaining after this. Serious letter writing campaign after this She one. gets fucked into the stairs. He offs her. So painful. And I mean, like, it looks cool because it's sort of like, holy shit, Jericho, the villain, like, you know, he's, he's really, you no know, not holding anything back. But at the same time, it's like, all right, steady on. This is still China. You know, she's not as great as all the other wrestlers. You know, you have to be careful. It's you, weird. You can't expose her too much by, you know, just chucking her about. You have booked yourselves into a corner where you have the whole thing, which is she can go toe-to-toe on anyone. Mm. So, I mean, by that... By that logic, you kind of like, yeah, why, you know, why not then? Like, you have to do something a bit extra. You know, you mm. can't you can't handle her with kid gloves. That defeats the purpose of this uh, thing. And that's kind of, I think, to an extent, you know, it seems like people were wanting to cake and have their cake and eat it. They wanted, you know, China to be perceived as like toe to toe with the men and you know as equal as the man and all that. But then they were kind of like, she herself was like, oh, you know, don't hit me too hard in this or don't yeah. do this, don't do that, complaining about these moves and that moves. I'm not agreeing one way or the other. I see where these arguments are coming from, I suppose, yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Uh, but no, Jericho, he fucking, you know, this is like, oh, we fucked up and have to get the crowd back on our side levels of stiff he is. Yeah. He like just starts throwing her around. He throws Kitty around as well. It's fucking insane. Like, But yeah, we're, we hit it big. There's no lockups in this one. It's like... Outside, big brawl, yeah. you know, come inside, Jericho dies off the top ropes right into a nut shot. Yeah. Crowd are explosive in this one. Uh, China hits the handspring elbow, which is a move which has been often imitated by other female wrestlers and rarely, and I do mean rarely, ever uh, equals. <laughs> China then gets hung up in the ropes, the old Andre spot. Yeah, yeah, but she, she just kind of pushes it, she gets pushed. Stays still for a second, walks back, and just slowly wraps our arms Doesn't around. Doesn't look slick, See, does it? It works if you're Andre and you can take one step and all of a sudden you're halfway across the ring and you can kind of just use your weight and fall into yeah. it. She's not, like, big enough to fall into the ropes naturally, if you know what I mean. Need so, a bit more practice on that. Yeah, but uh, we get Jericho working over the thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Strange, never thought I'd see that. <laughs> Drop kick to the thumb. <laughs> Boxes the thumb, gives the <laughs> one-two to the thumb. Crowd really into this. Uh, get a cocky pin from Jericho, and then we get to see all these awesome, you know, the stuff I love most about Jericho, which is him putting her in a submission. Ask her! Ask her! <laughs> Come on, baby! <laughs> I love it. Like I just it's funny. Yeah, it's really, really funny. It just sums up like that time, you know. The phrase is like this kind of nineties rock kind of rock yeah, and roll, yeah, uh, yeah, spinal man. tap. Yeah. Jericho was so smart. He tapped into that 
long before it was cool. Mm. You know, long you know, it's it's kind of like it's a done thing now. The whole kind yeah. of yeah, rock and roll is kind of silly, but Jericho. He likes he liked it before it was it was cool I suppose to an extent. Uh, China mounts a pretty awesome comeback. Immediately I'm thinking this match is a lot better paced than the Survivor Series uh, offering. Uh, I feel like the crowd isn't being exploded like they were before. You yeah, know, yeah. keeping everything in check. We get a pedigree reversed into a backslide, but only a two count. And then Jericho locks in the walls of Jericho. Fucking brilliant! I love this. Such a great move in terms of. Seeing the opponent, seeing the guys doing the move, seeing the reactions. Yes. The pain. You know, China is just making for the ropes and Kitty's like pointing at the rope going, it's just here, it's just here, it's just yeah. here. And then Jericho pulls her back and then puts in the knee. Like he makes it more excruciating. Twisting the knife. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Jericho wins five months of, well, I could say hell uh, for yeah. Jericho. But you know what? Even if, even if, you know, nothing else happens, Jericho could say he came in, he played their fucking game and he walks out, you know, he's the champion. And regardless of what anyone says, you don't get a belt in WWF unless they see something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You don't just get it handed to you. You know, they have to have something in terms of vision or upward mobility and eye view. So, despite all the problems with China, Jericho has fucking done a, did a great thing here. And this was a... I love this match. I don't know what you guys yeah, thought. Was really, I really, really enjoyed it. That was match. really great. Very good match. The thing I'm happy the most about, I think, is the fact that he made us happy with the walls of Jericho. Because, I mean... It <laughs> never happens. Like, in, yeah. in, in their last match, they really made that move look like shit. Like, it didn't really mean much. And I remember as a kid thinking it was like, oh, walls of Jericho. No, no, yeah, that's painful. Like, you're fucked. I don't get to put it on anyone, but it's the sorest. Oh, no, my brother used to do it yeah. all the time. It, it, yeah. It's a problem, though, when you bring in a new person whose finisher is a submission move. Because you've got you've got to make that move look as strong as possible. You've got to get it over. But then Jericho's been losing all the time yeah. and not being able to, and people are kicking out of the move and you know reversing. I, it. I'm guessing this just because I've been seeing the pay per views. I'm assuming on TV he would have made people tap out of the walls. Yeah, surely, he did yeah. have the strap. But again, the walls of Jericho is one of these moves like the like the mandible claw, which you know rarely resulted in a victory like yeah. uh, you know it's it's just fondly remembered because it's you know well branded or whatever that being said this match uh, I think Jericho's best match since he's arrived in WWE easily yeah. um, probably China's best match ever easily yeah. um, you know I think she did a phenomenal job here mm. particularly just the the little things like the face expressions in the end when she was in the walls of Jericho she sold it even, even Kitty did uh, quite well here yeah. actually with the, the whole dynamic but uh, yeah, cut backstage, Jericho's all super duper happy, made me burst my whole laughing when he refers to Michael Cole as Mitchell, look <laughs> at it Mitchell, <laughs> fucking brilliant. He says the belt is now being held by a sassy individual, <laughs> I love that word, sassy, Sassy. fucking love it. China then appears and in a very strange moment offers a handshake, yeah. which means that, you know, I think they've decided this new angle they run between these two, which is to make Jericho a face and have the whole sportsmanship dealy. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here now. Uh, go catch the caption contest. But before that, I think our mixed master, Chris Pilkington, is going to lay down a little bit of Big Boss Man sympathy for you. Shut up and listen to me. Yeah, Kevin and Adam here in the future. Hey, or, or is the past? 
This is not the future. This is the future. A little bit. Times have changed your once useful looks at them. It's been like five days, mate. Come on. <laughs> it's time for the caption contest, which has now become something of a tradition in the sense that I remember to do it most of the time. <laughs> Uh, these, of course, were captions sent in over at facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. The caption du jour, sorry, the picture du jour, I should say, was uh, Triple H and Vince McMahon, who are squaring off in the main event. Mm. Uh, Triple H gets himself a, a bit of a trolley, and he runs over Vince McMahon with it. Right so, in the belly. Right in the belly. An iconic and uh, symbolic image, if there ever was one, Adam. Yeah. Alrighty, well, here's some of the best ones. We got over 150 responses. Jesus. Well, you know what? It's sad as well, because this is the first time that a lot of people independently came up with the same joke. Right. Because obviously, I mean, I don't know about you guys listening here, but Vince, Triple H, Shop and Trolley, Supermarket Sweep, like... It's gotta be. It's I mean, gotta be. We had at least 30 people independently say, like, Supermarket Sweep with Triple H. And I think it's something. the fact that we have a penchant for, like, you know, actually bringing up crappy 90s TV shows from England. So. And they don't get much crappier than uh, Supermarket, Supermarket Sweep. Sweep. Dale Winton. <laughs> All right, starting things off. Must kill Mo. <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> You expect me to push this trolley? Who did he ever beat? <laughs> For fuck's sake. I'm Hunter Hearst Helmsley and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Voice over a tannoy system. Burial in aisle 360. <laughs> if we hurry Vince, we can get both WCW and ECW on final clearance. <laughs> Austin gets a beer truck, an ambulance, a monster truck limo, a regular monster truck, a Zamboni, a cement truck, an ATV, and all Triple H gets is this. Basically, I think I should get a bus next year. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. The DX Express. Oh, the DX Express. Oh, shit, yeah. Austin's not going to like that one. Uh, unexpected item in bagging area. For fuck's sake. Oh, this is my one. Approval needed. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Tenuous. Triple H's crush hour vehicle. The burial cart. But King, the shopping cart is empty. Is this symbolic of Triple H's need for nothing but the WWF title? Is this symbolic? <laughs> Welcome to Barrio Card 64. <laughs> That's my favorite That's one. That's good. That's brilliant. Vince, if I don't return the trolley, I will get my pound back. <laughs> Excuse me, Vince. Would you happen to know what aisle I could find some nuggets? And, and this one I particularly like. This wasn't the push I was expecting. For fuck's sake. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Hey pups, I borrowed this shopping cart from Virgil. I just had to dump out all the aluminium cans. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, I was taken aback so much by the shocking image of Virgil collecting recyclables yeah. that I said aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> aluminium. Hey, they give you guys some shopping carts. Suddenly you got some stroke around here. Uh, there's a sale on hunter berries. Get it, hunter berries. Oh, yeah, berries. This one is actually possibly my favorite one because it was one of the very first ones I saw and it's so simple, it's so brilliant. Okay. The Triple H run over Vince McMahon. Uh, James Howler here just wrote, out of my way, them shoes are 50% off. <laughs> them shoes. <laughs> out of my way. Oh my God, it's Triple H Jack. He made good on his word. He is here. Imagine if Triple H's theme played repeatedly like New Jack's theme. Well, Raw, it's essentially like that these days anyway. Hey. Damn it, I always get the trolley with the squeaky heel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Trips and Vince fought back and forth to pick up Dale's shopping list on the bonus mini sweep. <laughs> More supermarket sweep. That's a that's a bespoke. That's super a very item. specific one. Yeah. Clang 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 went the trolleys. Ding 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 went the bells. Sing 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 on my heartstrings. Steph, your dad's going to hell. <laughs> so basically, I thought I would get this ham steak on discount. Vince got booked tonight. There will be no ham steak <laughs> tonight. <laughs> oh, this was another one of mine I, I, I thought I'd chip in. Supermarket sweep the leg, Vince. Uh. Uh, and as I said earlier on the program, here at the mothership, he got a shopping cart. <laughs> he got a shopping cart for somebody. Who be grabbing groceries in the arena? <laughs> That's fucking amazing. That's brilliant. That's good. <laughs> Next time you're at the checkout, you hear the beep. Think of the fun you could be having in the cockpit. <laughs> Principal photography begins for Jingle All The Way too. All right, I think that might... <laughs> oh my That's god, brilliant. make that happen, yeah. Make, make that happen, seriously. I want to see that. The Turbo Man dolls are all sold out. <laughs> what the hell's going on? They'll make the chaperone. They'll make that shit, surely. Um, all right, this is the last one I think we'll do. And this one got, you know, if you saw the caption card, this, you definitely saw this one because it got a million upvotes. Actually got more upvotes than the picture itself. Oh, okay. Sam Hayden. It's all about the trolley, and if you can tame it, all about control, and if you can keep it, it's all about the pound and where you insert it, it's all about the bargains, and if you can find them. I am the trolley, you don't want to push me, I have four wheels and one's always wonky, I have a child seat in case you need it, I have a magnetic lock so teenagers can't steal it. Fucking hell, the effort. That was tremendous. I think I got his words just about as right as Motorhead. And speaking of games, we better get back to it, eh? Back back to the past. Oh wait! Just before we get Fucking back to it. Fucking hell, yeah. Past Adam, the dolt that he is, completely this forgot was a, about the uh, a massive oversight. Yeah, forgot about the grunt of the night. We've had episodes where there haven't been a grunt of the night, but this one there was a grunt of the night, just forgot all about it. It was in the Kane X Pac match. But basically the part where Kane catches X-Pac into a gorilla press, he makes a Sound. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to do my own version of it because I've completely forgotten what it sounded like. I might think have. it's a. It might have been a. Black gay. It could be anything. <laughs> I can't remember. Basically, that's how this whole thing started. Exactly. It could be anything. <laughs> Back to Armageddon 99. Alrighty, coming up next. Tag Team Championship on the line. The Dream Team is reunited. It's Mick and Rick, the Rock and Sock Connection. <laughs> Mick and Rick. Mick and Rick. For All sake. right. Rick and Sick would have been better, the Rick and Sick connection, but okay. Sick. Mick and Rick it is. No. <laughs> I, I'm not arguing about it. <laughs> Mick, Mick and Rick taking on the New Age Outlaws. Mick's got a nice new blue shirt. Blue shirt, yeah. yeah. It's very dapper. Looking good. Very dapper indeed. Rock and Sock reunited, and it feels so good in one of the most heartwarming moments ever when, like, Foley was. He saw a rock backstage, you know, it was like a month or two after the whole the blow up. Mm. And they were just, like, making small talk or whatever, and then the rock was like. Page 242, the rock, and he quotes Mick's book. Oh. And Foley's like, you did read my book. And he's like, <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Oh. The flip side of this all, where it all comes spilling out in one of the most, like, just, like, uh, tragic figures ever. Uh, Al Snow was turned heel because it's now transpired. You know the way the book was in the trash? Yeah. Do you know who put it there? Al. Al put it there You himself. motherfucker, Al. I felt bad for you at one point. Al oh. put it in there because he's like, I'm more of a friend to you than The Rock ever oh, could be. No, all the rock, sympathy. Yeah. The Rock now. treats you like garbage. I'm a good friend. You know, you should tag up me. And then, like, 
you know, the whole thing is that when Foley decides to tag with The Rock instead of Al, Al like, just lets it all out. He's like, yeah. I threw your buck in the trash. <laughs> it's, and it's funny because when you go back and listen to that original segment, you see Al comes in and he goes, oh no, what a treasure. Someone has put, it's so obvious when you go back ah. there. He's like, oh, a buck in the trash. <laughs> How did oh, this get here? Someone needs to tell Mick. Yeah. So the idea was to maybe give Al a bit of a push off this, have him feud with The Rock. Doesn't go so hot. Um, it's one of these cases again where like you can't use a fucking supernova like The Rock to to heat up your fucking noodles on the stove lads that's true you'll incinerate him in his bright brilliance like you know (laughs) and that's sadly what happens uh, what happens to Al here like uh, so we've got The Rock and Sock Connection are back together they are challenging for the tag team titles taking on the New Age Outlaws who of course you know entrenched in evil heel DX yeah, and they finally fucking embrace being a heel. And they don't do the... And they, they don't do it. The and then they pl- they play the heel for the whole match. And I like this. I like them because of it for yeah, this match. Yeah, they did a good job with this one. Just want to ask something. I don't know if you can help us here, Billy. We couldn't figure it out. Obviously, the <laughs> New Age Outlaws don't do the in-ring spiel, but they do yeah. the whole, as they're coming out, the, uh, oh, you didn't know? Uh, Road Dog just comes out and he goes... Mama! Raise some mail. Gonna raise some hail. Fort Lauderdale. Hickory dickory dock. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Gonna raise some mail. Gonna raise some hail. Just being a prick, isn't he? Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> I thought it was like mail as in like a mail storm or something. I don't, I don't know. Mail. Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. But yeah, no. You, to your point, Billy, very much true. This was a very non-outlaws match. And I think it was kind of half because it's like, you know what, fuck it, guys. Is the New Age Outlaws against the Rock and McFoley? You can't yeah. have them. You can't. You can't do. You can't do it by the numbers here. No way. The Rock ain't gonna let a main event match be kind of like like every other match, and we get a nice change of pace here. Um, Foley starting things off with with both the Outlaws. You know when the Rock gets tagged in, huge pop. Easily the most overman tonight. Badass Billy Gunn insists on wearing his shirt. Comes back to haunt him in this one. Yeah, looks silly. He gets he gets you know his shirt pulled over his head. Looks ra- ra- rather silly. So we get shake rattle and mandible claw. Then oh yeah, and then an all four man brawl outside. Billy has got his crown pants on. Yeah, he does. It's the closest he'll get to a mention. And then uh, yeah, Billy Gunn uh, <laughs> at one point hits the diamond cutter. Uh, he just like ran out of nowhere. Yeah. Now, this is the second time he's done this. He did the the, the, the jackhammer before. Oh, yeah. He's like, why are you taking like the top talent from WCW's moves and using them as like you know regular moves? Yeah. Ooh, stirring the pot, mate. Ooh. Fucking hell, you damn right. But why, but, but why is Billy Gunn the person? Yeah. Like, yeah. You have your top guy, the one. Doing it. If you, like, who, no mate. one at WCW is going to go, oh, did you see what Billy Gunn did on, on fucking... He was the 1999 King of the Ring. <laughs> I bet he's there watching like fucking WCW and thinking that no one else knows what it is. Is like, there's this whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got an idea for an angle. The end of your. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this uh, it was it was good action for them though. But it was nice to see back and forth from the outlaws as opposed to the usual old shite. Like it's a non-outlaws match. Jim Ross at one point says there's a big break for the Rock and Sock connection. Hey, I think that's around the same time that King's talking about Rock and Sock being you know a great tag team. And he's like, speaking of great tag teams, what do you think of Too Cool? And JR just goes. Well, I'll uh, I'll reserve my opinion. Those two jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> he hates them so much. Fuck you know. Massive comeback here now. Mick 
Mike clocks the ref, gets a pulling pile driver, and then Mr. Socko locked in on the road dog. And then out of nowhere, Al Snow comes out. He looks demented. He looks yeah. like Bradshaw. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> going out with his jeans, sleeveless black t-shirt, cowboy boots, black hair, goatee. Yeah, that's true. That's Just very saying, true. Like, always, always pound an ass t-shirt. Like. <laughs> mini Bradshaw. Yeah. Al Snow clocks uh, McFoley in the head with heads. And Rock goes straight after Snow to the outside. We got a bell shot on Mick Foley by the road dog, but a kick out. Fucking hell, this reminds me of like No Mercy or something like that when yeah. Foley gets worked over so much. Pile driver to the Micker, oh, again he kicks so, out. It looks so nasty, that Very pile driver. Rough. Foley is like the shape of his body, there's no way you can see him being pile driver because he's so bottom heavy. It looks like he's going to be killed. Gravity yeah. will kill him, like, yeah. Like his head's going to be shoved into exactly. his body. Exactly. <laughs> fucking hell. Hot tied to the rock. And this was a fucking burn burner, this That's one. a spicy meatball. That is, that is such a hot tag right there. Uh, well, on the Nando scale, how would you describe that? Like You know the one that you get that's actually in the black bottle? The, the, <laughs> oh, they, yeah. they only have a couple in the but, actual yeah. restaurant. You sometimes have to ask the guy at the counter for it. He's like, are you, are you sure? I'll have to ask my manager. <laughs> Takes get, gets the key out <laughs> all this dry ice comes out of the cupboard that it is in yeah it is a hot tag very hot tag rock bottom to Billy Gunn but then Al Snow just comes in and blatantly Again. interferes fucking DQ god damn you motherfucking Al Snow what a bullshit ending. It yeah. is a bullshit ending, yeah. Serious bullshit kind ending. Kind of spoiled it, but yeah. again, I suppose Outlaws, skin of the teeth, that's kind of half of the half of the gimmick. Obviously, the whole idea with them going on to face the Outlaws is that you can't run anymore, you fucking scummy bastards. You know? I guess, but I would have had Al Snow come out and you know get the DQ finish rather than have Al Snow come out, get chased off, then yeah, come back in again. Come back in again. A bit overbooked. Um, yeah, a bit overbooked. Al Snow then, you know, is kind of... I mean, the fact that Al doesn't get a pay-per-view match with this kind of new big heel turn kind of speaks volumes, really. Mm. He gets, you know, uh, rock-bottom people's elbow from The Rock. That's it. Everyone's happy. Al fucking pretty much jobbed out here. Al gets new creepy music. Still has heads. He challenges Rock to a couple of matches. Gets, you know, killed in five minutes. Uh. Again, it's, you know, just not... The Rock is not the guy to do this. What did you expect? Yeah. Have him feud with fucking Mick Foley. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Best friends turned so. enemies. A couple of hardcore matches. Foley would have put him over. It would have worked. But again, but eh, there you go. I mean, to the armchair, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Alrighty, coming up next. The Big Show taking on the Big Boss Man for the WWF Championship. I am the champion. <laughs> and Armageddon. We get a recap of this feud. The police officer told the Big Show just moments ago that the Big Show's daddy has died king of cancer. And uh, we wish uh, our heartfelt condolences to the Big Show and his family over his loss. What do you say, dear? What do you do? And tears the 
soaked. I'm sorry to hear your dad finally croaked. He lived a full life on his own terms. Soon he'll be buried and eaten by worms. But if I could have a son as stupid as you, I'd have wished for cancer so I would die too. Well, I thought I'd seen everything till I saw this. Um, I mean, what could be going through the mind of the boss man? What could he be thinking pulling a stunt like this? I mean, it's, it's hard to even describe when you talk about the big show's father's funeral. The big show with tears in his eyes, what an emotional week for that big monster. time it is guys it's it's that time of the episode again once again where it is it's time to saddle up because it's time for big boss man behaving badly oh buddy big boss man he's been he's been at it again this time how could he possibly have topped himself in the, the weeks and months of what he's been i mean he's been pretty he's been pretty bad he's like, been an absolute rotter he's, he's, he's been a bastard i mean <laughs> a bastard <laughs> I'm just saying that if Big Boss Man Behaving Badly was an actual TV show on the BBC in the late 90s, the head of comedy would be like, lads, you've kind of peaked. Yeah, we've burnt out of ideas. We've burnt out of ideas here. Nah, ah, ah, says Ray Trailer with a big heavy script (laughs) in a folder marked ideas. (laughs) Yeah, he, first of all, him and Prince Albert have taken umbrage to the big show being champion right in the middle of their, you know, campaign of hatred. So, you know, they do what you, what the normal thing to do is they throw Big Show into a locker room and uh, throw in tear gas. Yeah. yeah, and uh, then they put on gas masks and they go in and beat him up with sticks. Is Big Show? Yeah. So they get Big Show, who's like he's too big to get proper CPR. So the the guys are trying to save him, and give him oxygen. But he's like, oh, 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 like and eating the oxygen thing, <laughs> sucking it in, like you know, because he's all horrible, fat. fucking disgusting. Boss man. Then again, he came out at one point, broke a nightstick over Big Show's head. <laughs> he just broke the hit, nightstick. Hit him in the head with a hammer. You know, and then it was just this thing where like Big Show had had a match, and Boss just came out and just. 
hit him like a hundred times with an ice stick over and over. He got gassed <laughs> working over the big show. And the coup de fucking gras. One of the greatest moments in the history of professional wrestling to really get inside his opponent's head. Oh, boss, man. He took a trip down to Atlanta, GA. Went and found Mrs. Mama White. Big Mama Paul White Paula White. <laughs> and got her to admit under duress that the big show is... Bastard. <laughs> Meaning that he's not entitled to his family's name, words, inheritance, land, or allegiances. The Big Snow, Paul White. <laughs> you know nothing, Big Snow. <laughs> Poor old Big Show. He's had a terrible time. He he's a big nasty bastard, and, and his, his mama, mama said, said so. so. Yeah. <laughs> and to top it all off, in this big boss and babe and badly epidemic, he comes out and just goes, Who's my daddy? Where's my daddy? Where? <laughs> you know, I thought it was real funny when Big Freak shows fake daddy died and went to hell. Fake daddy? But you know what's ten times funnier than his fake daddy dying? That's Big Show walking around. Where, where, where? Who's my daddy? Where's my daddy? Who's my daddy? Big Boss Man clearly doesn't know what illegitimate means. Because he seems to think that illegitimate means that Big Show's dad isn't actually his dad. But it just means he was born out of wedlock. Yeah. Just, that is lost completely on Big Boss Man. He's a big nasty bastard. He though. is a big he, nasty he, bastard. His mama said so. Yeah. First and foremost, Big Boss Man challenging for the WWF title. That's unusual. It just seems strange as a match, doesn't it? These two men for the, the title. It's really fucking hard because it's like, right, if the big show was going to have a big lengthy title run, you know, I would accept this as the kind of like, take him seriously as a, as a competitor. Yeah. Because remember we had the Survivor Series, we wanted to see him kill the boss man, he didn't do it. This is your typical first defense as a champion. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. first defense, new guy as a champion, test the waters, give him some guy who's a scumbag, everyone wants to see him get beat, and that's all well and good. The problem is, is that, not to spoil the outcome of this match or anything, but Big Show isn't champion by the time we get to the next pay-per-view. Yeah. They pulled the plug on this very soon, which means that you're kind of left very floundering that the Big Show's only title defense is against the boss man, who is the hardcore champion, and I do love the boss man, and yes, he did beat the fucking Rock to yeah. get here, but he's lower card. He's not main like, event. You know, yeah. he's not, he's not. Plus, it's already been established that Big Show can destroy Big Boss Man as well as multiple other people in the same match. Yeah, and honestly... Like grapes in the, yeah. uh, the promo oh, yeah, Please, you, this is one of your favourite things ever. You have you, to spot Sorry, me. I've been desperate to bring this up for quite a while now. We can finally talk about it. It's just literally one of my favourite Big Show lines ever. Is you know, um, uh, I knew I could have crushed the Big Boss Man. I knew I could have squashed him like grapes. <laughs> <laughs> when he, this, of course, being when he pushes a car on the <laughs> Boss Man. And after he pushes a car, he just goes... <laughs> I am a giant <laughs> so yeah we're left in a bit of a quandary with this one it's a very very basic match and on that note Adam do you want to maybe take us through this one yeah yeah I think I, I can call the shots on this one for once you actually clicked your finger yeah. and like roll up your sleeves uh, well, first of all, I should say, you know, Bossman comes out and he cuts his promo at the very start of it, Whee! saying, "You know, I thought it was funny when the big freak shows fake daddy dad and went straight to hell." <laughs> so, there is like four insults in that one, like ten Whoa! words. Sentence. Talk about maximizing your fucking minutes. That's hate. That's that is hate, right? Your hatred. Yeah. 
So Big Show comes out and they get straight to it. Like they, they brawl straight away in the corner. Did and you Big see Show, uh, like, Big Show wearing his belt? Oh shit, we should mention that. Yeah, yeah. he actually managed to fit that fucking belt around no that waist of his. It looked like, you know, when The Rock was heel and he came back after Scorpion King, he had the big belt buckle. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, when you buy like a kid's replica yeah. belt, that's what it looks like on The Big Show. But yeah, straight to it. Big Show comes in the ring, throws Boss Man in the corner, starts beating him down a little bit, and then Irish whips him into the opposite corner where he, you know, he keeps hitting him again and then, you know, Bossman fights back, but no, Big Show whips him into the opposite corner again. <laughs> that they carry on fighting in the corner. It's like a boss battle in fucking Kirby or something. You have to get you know figure dodge out, out of the way. Dodge out of the way the corner he's going back to the same bits over and over again. Though. Yeah, so you know, a lot of corner heavy offense to start off with, but eventually Show throws him outside where Albert tries to interfere, but Instead, Big Show's not having any of it and just gives him this beautiful chokeslam <laughs> right through the Spanish announce table. It fucking crushes that thing. That's that's a textbook announce table break right there. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what you want it to look that's like. That's how you it's want it to go. That's thing. what it says on the packaging when they get it. Exactly, yeah, that's how it should explode. Yeah. Uh, Bossman knocks out Big Show with the steel steps and then tries to drag him back into the ring to some boring chants from the crowd. Yeah. They are... Proper fed up with this already, like, not really been a All hot three match. minutes of it, like. Literally, yeah, we get back in the ring, boss man, you know, works over Big Show a little bit more, some more offence. Show nips up out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah, he, he kips up and it's fucking amazing. Does a Shawn Michaels kip up, yeah, no he, reaction. He, he's done that once or twice, like, mm. he, he can do that, I mean. He has to use the rope. Obviously. But, but I should, still, I should that's impressive for him. He did a top rope drop kick in his match with Viscera he had on Raw. Yeah. Really? Before this, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. I've yeah. seen him do a drop kick before, but never a top rope. Did a top rope drop kick. Fucking hell. Yeah, he was slimming down a bit here, you know, for for all we were saying about him. But, Still uh, not the most agile performer no. though. So show nips up, no reaction. Choke slam, no reaction. One, two, three, no reaction. The crowd just don't care. Good night, sweet prince. Bossman is Satan himself, and no one gives a shit to see him getting killed. Am I the only one who expected after the three count was counted on the bossman for him to like, I don't know, disintegrate into like a black mist and just like float away? Because <laughs> oh, he's, he's finally pure, gone. Pure evil, literally. Like, yeah, you know. And then Big Show walks into a white light, like he's beating a boss in Zelda, like <laughs> the cleansing light. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when you build up a man that much. You've got, as an evil villain, like the boss man, that's the only way to do it. Fuck the crowd for not liking it. Yeah. He killed He killed a man who was a dickhead to him in, you know, him. in three minutes. Yeah. What more did you expect? I don't know. What do you guys think about the title being relegated to this, though? Uh, this was not a title match. This wasn't this a title rubbish. match. Um, I, I, I don't like the, the title match not being the main event. It's and I especially like... don't like it. And it makes the belt seem so cheap if the fight for it is less than five minutes. Yeah. And you know what, God bless them, but the crowd just aren't buying Big Show as a champion, are they? No. No. I mean, there's so many guys they would rather have, you know, as the as the guy. I mean, they you know, they like him, but he's not he hasn't got a connection with the fans like Foley, Rock, you know, Triple H. Fucking even Jericho was more over than than him, you know. He's like he's such an odd choice at this time. It sort of feels like I think the reason why they've picked Big Show is because they almost want to keep the title just like out of the way with for now because they've got so much going on with Vince and Triple H they want to focus on that and give that time. Yeah, it sort of feels like okay, just shove the champion on someone else for a minute. But and we'll surely, just do this. if you're if you're kind of like right, we're just taking the belt off Triple H for you know for the purposes of that feud. But surely you give the belt to someone with an idea for like right, we'll do a month something with him for a, just a month. Get him over. Give him a nice big rub, yeah. In terms of a title reign, I'm struggling to think of a worse world title reign than this one. Because Big Show loses this uh, to Triple H in a week or two on Raw. So you're going into the Rumble. Yeah, going into the Rumble. Triple H is just basically like, you know, fuck it, I should be champion. And he he beats Triple H. He beats Big Show quite resolutely. But I mean, 
Yeah, I, can you think of a worse title reign than this? Because even Kane's one day reign had the shock value of exactly, yeah. holy yeah. shit, he beat Austin, and yeah. you know they it, it was I no, yeah, to, to hold the belt for a few weeks, defend once to Big Boss Man in a three minute match, and then lose on Raw is pretty fucking shocking, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of sad when like your entire title reign is inconsequential. And that's yeah. really what it is. Very yeah. inconsequential. And honestly, Big Show, after he loses the belt, is arguably worse off than uh, beforehand. It's like the fucking IC belt now. Yeah. Really. It just it does nothing for tarnishes you. the guy. Coming up next, are you ready for the main event? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. All right, I suppose. <laughs> it is Triple H taking on Vince McMahon. No holes barred. If Triple H wins, he gets his title shot. If Vince McMahon wins, Triple H has to annul his daughter, Stephanie McMahon. Vince wants his baby girl back. Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Triple H has married 
if your dad can beat me at Armageddon, the wedding is a no. But if I beat him, then I get my shot at the title. I want this in writing, and by God, come this Thursday, I'll have new documentation for you to sign so you can't weasel out of any of these provisions. Vince McMahon has signed the contract. Yeah. Triple H about to do it as well. It's official. Hey, kid, bring these back to your old man. Essentially, a Stephanie on a pole match, but without, <laughs> without having her on an actual pole. Yeah, Kresge preferred like storytelling as opposed to poles. <laughs> like, you know, he, he managed to weave in the items and people without putting them on poles. <laughs> what a visionary! I don't think I've just going from this package alone. I don't think I've ever seen anything more personal or hate-filled in wrestling. This is so emotional. The stuff yeah. between these two, it's like explosive. We had seen, I think, points we could point to in '99 where it's like, right, this is. His Crazy, as in just kind of off the wall mad yeah. that wrestling got, or this is as violent as it got, or this was as kind of like you know reprehensible, for lack of a better term, mm. with some of the the, the, the questionable storylines. But in terms of just pure fucking drama, this is the most dramatic I think WWE ever Definitely. got. In terms of th- these aren't guys where neither of these guys you're kind of like, yeah, I want to see him kick their ass. You can't talk about this feud with a big smile on your face. It's fucking dark. It's personal. It's upsetting. Triple H is a bastard. Vince McMahon is just like so fucking downtrodden, and it shows you how like personal this whole thing is that you feel such sympathy for Vince despite the fact that you know a few short months ago he was filling yeah. pens with blood. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> what do you think of Vince in this role? I like it personally. I, 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 I really, really it like is, it. Like you say, you're sympathetic. You can understand what the position that Vince is in. But he sells it so well. Like whenever you see Vince uh, thinking about Triple H or whatever, the look on his face is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill him." Like he actually looks like he wants to murder. And then Triple when H. he's not thinking about Triple H, he just looks broken. Yeah, yeah. he looks like a, a dead man. A nice chance for Vince McMahon to uh, do some more of those facial expressions as opposed to angry or, or uh, you know, or maniacally happy. You could see but him being concerned and upset and all that. We like. do get the maniacal, like Vince screaming while he drives his car into Triple H's car. Yeah. Oh man, they just like up the ante so much in this one. Uh, you know, Triple H is using DX to get to. To, to the family, you know, he's fucking throwing Shane down the stairs, yeah. you know, attacking Stephanie, attacking Test. Test, who uh, does not feature here tonight. No. Uh, really, that wedding business really fucking put the brakes on that man's career. Oh. Like, oh, it's sad. It's really sad. That's for another day, I suppose. But yeah, um, Vince McMahon goes road rage on Triple H. Him in the, the car, like, ah, you're a son of a bitch. Ah! <laughs> Coming out with the baseball bat. It's fucking falling down shit. Like, it's, yeah. uh, it's really amazing. Vince gets a peace bond put against him, so mm. he is not allowed to come within 100 feet of, of Triple H. Oh, that which, just makes Triple H even more of an asshole. He's like, 
He's the professional wrestler, yeah. the former champion, and he's going to get a restraining order against this old man. What a dickhead. Do you believe he's like, oh, look at old man, you might have a heart attack. Like, you know, <laughs> his blood pressure must be really high now. Um, yeah, I, the, the wedding obviously playing into this one. For my money, mad Vince McMahon is just fucking money. You can mm. print yeah. it. You, yeah. can have, you can have Vince McMahon just be mad in any setting and just it's licensed to print money. Brilliant. 3X, of course, did a great little thing. It was one of like one of my favorite moments where Triple H really outsmarts Vince, which they're signing the contract for this. And you know, Triple H uh, gives the contract to Vince. You know, Shane has to walk all the way down, give it to Vince. Vince gives it to Shane. Shane has to walk all the way up the ramp. Triple H signs it and then fucks Shane off the the stage. Yeah. And Vince is just like can't do anything. Can't go near him. Awesome, awesome stuff. Alrighty, so here we go. Triple H comes out with the sledgehammer. Vince McMahon comes out. That fucking look. Oh, the look on his face. The murderous yeah. look. Uh, Stephanie as well is sitting in the front row with a regular dude behind yeah. you. Yeah, that massive Triple H bought her a ticket and told her to come. Uh, yeah, sorry. Man, be- man behind Stephanie trying to be not a security guard. Word to the wise. Don't tuck your fucking rock t-shirt into your pants. Yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. Like. Nice and nonchalant there. He's got a WF logo on his fucking earpiece or whatever. Like <laughs> Blending in. Vince McMahon starts things off with the powder. That no good fighting Irishman, Vince McMahon. <laughs> Which gets... Absolutely none on Triple H. <laughs> none of it hits him. It all just clumps in his hand and just falls to the floor. Oh. Then Triple H has to sell it for the yeah. rest of the Yeah, he does. He match. Triple H sells it well, though. Like, you know, it's, it's he overcomes it. It's it's Vince McMahon in this match, right? So you've got... You've not got wrestling moves to work no, with. No. We've got one thing, and that is fucking potatoes. Yeah. Like, honestly, the way Ireland bounced back from the potato famine was by watching this match. <laughs> yeah? I mean, fucking hell. He's the first, so stiff. The first five minutes is Vince McMahon using Triple H as an actual punching bag. Mm. As in, Triple H is the big piece of meat from Rocky. And fucking Vince is just... <laughs> you can hear the fucking... You can hear the contact. Like, yeah. it's proper actual solid punches fucking there, there's, there you go Triple H that's fucking earning your spots yeah. your spot there now like hey, I'm gonna go fucking 30 minutes with the boss he's gonna actually beat me up <laughs> <laughs> amazing brawl into the crowd uh, it's fucking Jesus it's, it goes all over the place they fight in what seems like a cave they go yeah. in a really dark period and I was there kind of going oh look at this they're fighting in the in this dark area and it's so dingy and blah 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 but then I realised this is another thing about the attitude era which I really liked and you don't see anymore Anytime you're in an arena now, even if they go backstage, which they never do, it's all very sanitized and uniform. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could be anywhere. You've no indication of where you are on the basis of you know the crowd or the, the shape of the mm. arena for the most part. It all looks the same. But when they just walk to the side here, it, it's... The building's like character, I don't know what that means, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it looks rough and sort of dark and sketchy. It's like an ECW or a vibe off or something like that. It's just like, it's here's a fucking damn dirty, it's a real arena. They're fucking throwing each other against the real fucking walls and the real barricades. And, you know, it feels legit. And they're fighting in the pitch black. And, yeah, it sucks that you can't see them and everything. But you can hear them, like, hitting things. And then every now and then you'll get, like, a flash go off from a camera. And you can just see, like, Vince, like, ah! Like, <laughs> very briefly. There's a kind of reality to this this whole angle, which I suppose hap- you're gonna you're gonna get this reality coming off of one of the wrestlers is actually fighting the man for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mankind comes out with the Raven shopping cart full of weapons. Fucking awesome! It's a gift. It's like a, yeah. a little offering for Vince McMahon. Got something that might interest you. Philly like. <laughs> takes him out, and like a proper good guy, he picks up individual ones and bonks them on the side, so he shows Vince the noises that they they're make. all legit. Yeah. Uh, da, da, pipe! What that done? Bin! What? So yeah, uh, Triple H 
gets fucking leveled by Vince with a variety of weapons. Good God in heaven, the lid shots. The oh. sound they make, absolutely perfect. It's a sweet sound. Whatever they made the lids out of then, they don't make them out of that anymore. They don't make the lids like they used to, do they? No, they do not. Steph gets in Triple H's face when, you know, he's been worked over as well, which I think is awesome. Uh, Triple H regains control, gets to sign the guy's battle through the back. Now, again, it's like, they're not doing anything out of the ordinary. This fucking beating the shit out of each other with, with weapons but there's a good fucking flow to it and you know Triple H is so he's so like fucking dominating when he's in control and Vince is like fucking scratching and scraping mm. like he's so Vince is so uncoordinated you can't help but fucking get behind him cause, totally like there's a many times where Vince gets like a weapon and he like goes to get Triple H he fucking falls over and he barely gets him he's like god damn it like well that's that's what I would be like if I was wrestling if I was putting a fight with Triple H that's how I would look falling over yeah that's kind of like, like yeah so it's like, relatable like. yeah definitely um, they head to the back and it's funny they're, they're going through the set and then all these sandbags and Triple H hits Vince with a sandbag and JR's like oh he sandbagged him here like is this symbolic <laughs> <laughs> they're not sandbags they're fucking sacks of potatoes mate <laughs> Vince gets hit with a gun oh my and god it looks like, it, like they say oh that nearly took his head off it proper nearly did yeah. we were trying to figure out it's like a machine gun turret thing it's a turret on a swing, and, yeah. Yeah, he, he spins it. But I think what happens is he spins it the wrong way, so Vince gets hit in the back of the head. Mm, as opposed to the side. And you can tell straight away that his out. hand wasn't there in time. Like, mm. he just clobbered him. Yeah, oh, I mean, we fucking, you know, gets hit with a shopping cart. Vince, with his ultimate attack, puts Triple H in a bin and then just gives him an uppercut, like, fucking <laughs> brilliant. Amazing. They head backstage. They brawl on a truck. I believe it's a 1995 Fort Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of a new match where Triple H hunts you. It's called Armageddon 99. Who has to fantasize about having sex with Vince McMahon? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> cut it out. I will probably cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Triple H kind of, he, he disappears. Both of them are clearly fucked. Like, Vince is gassed. He's yeah. fucked up. I felt sure the match would have been over a good 10 minutes before this point. Yeah. Now. Vince has been through so much. We're like 20 minutes in at this point. Yeah. Like, they're going longer than the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, seriously. And like... Uh, Triple H attempts a GTA type attack, rams into the side of the wall with Vince. GTA type attack. Exactly. You've been running him over. Yes. <laughs> Copyright Rockstar. Like, yeah. <laughs> they own cars <laughs> and their malicious usage. So, yeah, Triple H, uh, fucking hell. We go on to the top of the limo, slam on the limo. I love mm. it. You look at the zoom out, and everyone's just standing around. All the, all the arena. crowd, you couldn't get in. It really Just watching. It looked like uh, Smackdown shut your mouth. I was expecting Triple H to jump off a helicopter next. <laughs> or fight in the subway. Head back to the arena. They climb the scaffold. Yeah. What is going now on? You know Seriously. that something's bad's going to happen now, don't you? Here. Well, a McMahon climbing a scaffold yeah. never ends well for Nothing. anyone. No. And yeah, Vince McMahon, God bless him, he takes that tumble off the top of the fucking scaffold, goes through the, uh, all the, the gimmick stuff down there. Nice fall. Surely now he's finished, right? That's got to be the end. No, no he's, got, he's got a blade first. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, blade he does. Yeah, uh, he, he waits till this point in the match to blade. He's yeah. got like, the entire bit beforehand. Like, Jeez, you're going fucking 35 minutes, you've got to pace yourself. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just amazed that Vince McMahon could resist the temptation for that long. He loves to do it. I know, it's like that match with The Undertaker where after one punch he blades. He <laughs> if, he, if he... All right, so Survivor Series 2003 or whenever it is, Vince McMahon cuts himself deep. If he cut himself like that at the start of this match, given the length He'd of this match, he would be dead. <laughs> he would be dead. Your best bet would be to scoop up some of his fucking blood and try and clone him, because that's the only way you're going to see him ever again. Like, 
Uh, yeah, bloody Vince McMahon slowly makes his way back to the ring as Triple H taunts Steph. And Triple H is all like, yeah, I'm your daddy now. Oh. Bloody Vince McMahon. Triple H battles him back in the ring. The guys are just like scratching and scraping at this point. Triple H gets the hammer. The ref begs him, don't kill the boss. Like, you know, Triple H throws him out of the way. You think, oh my God. This is know, it. Vince is, is finally going to down. The last attempt from Vince gets the low blow, gets the hammer. He's over Triple H and Triple H is like in the corner like a coward. And oh my God, it's like, you think he's going to do it. Yeah. Steph comes in, she says, no, let me do it. Crowd at the start are booing. And then they're like, oh wait, she wants to do it. Yeah. A little bit of a, a bit of a cheer there. And then she can't do it. She can't pull the trigger. Triple H fucking just levels Vince awkwardly with the sledgehammer. One, two, three. Triple H wins and embraces Stephanie McMahon. Oh! Whoa! Now that's a fucking swerve and a half right there. Armageddon 99 ends with Triple H and Stephanie fucking in each other's arms. And Vince isn't even conscious so he can't react. At the time... Did not see this coming. Well, I remember watching this live, and um, yeah, as a kid being like, well, but why? Like, was that, why, why Stephanie do that to Vince? And like, so now I knew it was going to happen. I saw it coming. Did you know this was going to happen, Billy? Did you see this? World no, I, I, I didn't know this was coming at all. I, for me, not knowing what happens after happened after it, I was just thinking, this doesn't make any sense. But then I just, I, I, I tried to think back. So why would Stephanie do this? Is this going to be something that's well thought out? Or is this going to be? creating something the next night and roll like they, yeah, they, they, like, they do sometimes they just... is it a swerve or a fucking storyline development yeah. yeah but I mean I remember at the time being very shocked and I wasn't shocked in the way I was with the higher power which was that makes no sense but okay you know yeah. I was shocked in the sense of re- w- Stephanie as how in, could you like Stephanie who's like you know fucking she's like the most squeaky clean the only innocent That's character true. she's not been healed at all yet she's the she? only person like in all three companies who's like been a consistent goodie really her and linda basically yeah but um yeah it was quite shocking and i remember at the time was my uh, thinking okay this is shocking but i was like stephanie though there's no way she's gonna be like i thought they'd do the thing where she's like a doormat and she's like just like hypnotized by triple h she was she's scared like, of triple h yeah she's like kind of like oh you know she's enamored with him or whatever but the next night on Raw, and we we all, I made you guys watch the segment before we recorded, uh, Steph comes out and confronts Vince. And Vince is just assuming that, oh, she's been brainwashed, you know, Triple H fucking did something, I, I want answers, I want my baby girl back. <laughs> and then Stephanie comes out and she cuts this fucking promo. And, you know, for, considering the enormity of the situation, the first time she has to cut a really lengthy, character-driven promo where she reveals that, actually, no, Dad... We've been on this the whole time. Uh, I actually married Triple H to get back at you. Mm. And I think he's fucking awesome. <laughs> and he turns me on. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not daddy's little girl anymore. And Vince is like, uh, and his yeah. heart is just breaking in front of you. And I thought, whoa, didn't expect them to go this direction with this. No. And I thought it's fucking, I thought it was awesome. This Refreshing. sets up like the next year, basically, of storylines. Triple H and Stephanie, because Vince is so heartbroken he just leaves. Yeah. And it's the first time where you see Vince McMahon get fucked over by an enemy. He's like, God damn it, I'm gonna do it. You know, he's just... I give up. Gone. Bye. Yeah. No kind of contract in blood. He's just like, see ya. So Stephanie and Triple H are now running Raw. Because if you remember, Stephanie has got a controlling interest in the company. Shane's gone. Vince is gone. Linda's only a CEO. So, yeah. The foreshadowing here. The foreshadowing here. Because the rationale was, she goes, 
how long ago was it, Dad, that you had me kidnapped mm. and then you had me sacrificed in The Undertaker? Or even like the things like, you know, her teddy bear that got stolen. You know, Vince like was rooting around in her room, nicking that stuff, giving it to The Undertaker. She's got fucking really good motivation to do it. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's a fucking fine job there on, yeah, uh, definitely. on that one. I definitely. really enjoyed it. Now, there's one thing I do want to pick up on. We've had some like comments and stuff on it. Uh, people are like, "Oh, could you guys not like? How could you not like hate or bury or like think that the whole Triple H? You know, how many times did we consummate the marriage? How can you not, like? Oh, that's Triple H admitting to being a rapist, and how can you like you know think that's entertaining in any way at all? And I, like just to say, we mentioned before. When you're using sensitive stuff or kind of envelope pushing stuff, it's all about the whole spectrum, the whole angle. They were in on it from the beginning. I didn't want to spoil it for Billy, obviously, but they were in on it in the beginning. Mm. Triple H and Stephanie, you know, they, they were in on the marriage together. They planned that. So, you know, it was just Triple H working in, in Vince's head he knows yeah. that that's what Vince will didn't react happen. most to yeah. and it's just, he's just playing mind games with them so again it was and again it was something which was picked up on again and explained and it fucking resolved I actually have a story well as I say just to put it simpler I think that the reason why I didn't have any issue with it is because sort of like I never once for a second thought that the character of Triple H actually raped Stephanie McMahon or yeah. actually was trying to convince you that he did. Yeah, it's He was just trying to piss off Vince yeah. McMahon. That's all it was. And uh, the other one which we talked about, though, from before Survivor that's, Series... That, that, that's different. Now, there's the difference there, Ken. That's a big all difference, right? there's, yeah. there's the big fucking difference in the world. That being said, uh, my hat is off to, uh, to Mr. Chris Kresge because now we've just got this fucking glorious patch ahead of us the podcast is probably going to get really shite now isn't it because we're going to be too happy all the time like, oh, Royal Rumble 2000 is literally the greatest fucking <laughs> show ever I can't wait it's amazing so yeah there you go Armageddon 1999 a passing of the guard in some respects that we're truly gone from the uh, the, the afterbirth of Vince Russo are now into the beautiful nine month pregnancy of Chris Kresge yeah <laughs> I'm really looking forward to what we've got ahead of us same here overall thoughts of the paper I thought it was a really good pay-per-view. There's a couple of uh, darker moments, like I mean, the fucking the pool match. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, so like the, there was a few like fun matches, like the Divas match and the uh, you know the championship match, the main event. But um, overall, that was a very very good pay-per-view, I think. Not just in terms of matches and wrestling, but in terms of storylines and where the company is headed in general. Like you said, you can tell there's a lot of setup going on here for where we're going to be in the next few months, and it's looking very, very good at the minute. I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah, what do you think? I didn't enjoy it at first, but actually coming here to record it now and seeing everything coming together, I've, I've, I've got a better appreciation. Yeah, because in many ways it's kind of it's it's like a it's like a standout show if you know what I mean. But it's a show which just kind of does a lot of groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the last episode was like, oh, you have to get rid of Steve Austin, do this thing with the big show, blah, blah, blah. This is now, it's kind of like, right, that's all behind us. The stage is set. Here are the players. This is the year 2000 for professional wrestling, yeah. basically, in WWF, which is nice to see. It's weird. It's sort of like, I wouldn't actually, like, recommend any of our listeners go out of their way to check out this pay-per-view, because it isn't spectacular or anything, but I think from our point of view, as people that have to review every single month of the Attitude Era, it's been nice. It's like, oh, shit, this is awesome. This is where we're going now. Yeah. This is really cool. Well, I think, you know, just watch this show and then watch, say, Rock Bottom 1998. The difference the, the year difference makes. The difference a year makes. Yeah. 
Uh, the Attitude Era changes drastically at this point. Uh, it's not the same product by any stretch. The types of wrestlers that are pushed, the, the in-ring action, the types of stories we're seeing, the types of angles we're seeing, all very, very different. Um, you know, this is, we're, this is not a, a period now with Steve Austin you know, forget about him essentially, I'm going to say for the next yeah. while. This is about a whole different ballgame. This is about The Rock and Triple H and to an extent, your mankind with Mick Foley, Kurt Angle and those characters coming to the forefront. It's a fucking second wind. <laughs> can I be honest? I, I, this is actually the action era that I grew up with. Mm. Like, as much as I love all the earlier stuff with uh, Austin and my man and everything, this is the period where I really started watching wrestling and this is the one that I have high nostalgia for. So. I think a lot of people are kind of came in around this time or Rumble not 2000. Smackdown started getting more popular on Sky 1 in the morning so you could always Channel watch Channel 4 acquiring the exactly. rights to WWF. It's got... easier to watch yeah, wrestling at this definitely. point. Yeah, uh, definitely. The only thing I'd say then, Match of the Night MVP, Adam? Uh, match of the Night, easily Kane and X-Pac. Good God, that was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant match. Like One of Kane's best matches, one of X-Pac's best matches and one of the best cage matches I've seen in ages as mm. well. Uh, MVP... I'm gonna go with Vince McMahon. I know we've we've done this before, where I'll give like Vince McMahon the MVP just because of what he put himself through. But Jesus Christ, seriously, like he didn't have to do that long a match where they do that protracted a beatdown all really around the arena and everything. Yeah. yeah, it was a little too long for my taste. Like I think it just dragged on a little yeah. bit, got a bit repetitive. But Jesus Christ, Vince McMahon sure as hell like put himself put himself through hell just for that match. So mm. yeah, fair fucks to him. Billy, match of the night. Uh, match tonight, same as Adam Kane versus X Park. Truly, truly great match. Mm. Um, yeah, there's not much more I can say about it. Adam, <laughs> hasn't, Adam hasn't already said it's just a great match. One of the, I think is definitely is the best Kane match we've had up up to date. Mm. Uh, same with X Park. Yeah, MVP. MVP. Um, I think I'm gonna have to again give it to Vince, yeah. but I'd also like to give a special mention to X Park as well, just for being a nasty bastard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, fucking hell, you can see like the. <laughs> No one's going to be buying Xbox shirts anytime. No, I hate Xbox. Mate, now. you notice that Xbox stopped coming out with his energy drink around the time he started hitting women on TV. Like It's great because we were going to investigate, like, what, what, you know, why do people hate Xbox? Let's find out. And by the end of the investigation, we're just like, oh, Xbox fucking sucks, man. We, hate <laughs> we, we, we set this up like it was going to be a five part, like, wire esque, uh, you know, big series. It was a 10 minute teaser trailer on fucking Funnier <laughs> Die. That's what we came up with instead. Match of the night MVP, Kev. Uh, going to go with China and Jericho Good match. for Match of the Night. Uh, I always love matches that improve on previous iterations. Yeah. And uh, that was a big one for me, definitely. Uh, MVP, Triple H, I have to say, we've said it before, the Attitude Era podcast, the only place on the internet where you'll hear positive things said about it's Triple very H. Very true, yeah. But you know what? 1999 for Triple H. Compare where he was at the Rumble to where he was at WrestleMania to SummerSlam to now. That man has went through fuckloads. I'm so happy he gets the belt on him. He comes into Royal Rumble. I think a lot of people say, oh, Royal Rumble is when he gets made or when he becomes this big heel. I think he comes into the Rumble as that heel, like yeah. as, as the top With guy. That status. And honestly, give, who was the top, well, outside of Vince McMahon, all throughout 1998, who was the top heel, the number one bad guy? Undertaker. Undertaker. Mm. And how many times were we kind of going, oh, Undertaker looks kind of fucking lame? Yeah. Or, oh, this match wasn't great. And no disrespect or anything, you know, fans of Undertaker, but it just it's aged quite poorly. Mm. And a lot of that was nagged with injuries. But fucking Triple H, this run here as the top heel. This is a more fitting character yeah. for the period. Oh I think. my god, he's so fucking brilliant, so yeah. loathsome, so detestable, so fucking 
confident in himself. And you know what? It's easy when you're a kid to be like, oh, the top face, Austin, yay, rock, yay. You'll never appreciate the top heel when you're a kid. No. And no. going back now, I can't wait to go through Rumble and No Way Out and WrestleMania with Triple H as the top guy and just see how he made me tick as a kid. Because, I mean, yeah. I have great memories of this period. Can't wait for it. That is going to do it. That is it in the books. 1999 is in the fucking books. Yeah. Armageddon. And now it's time to head into the, uh, the Millennium. All our computers are going to break. Oh, it's the Millennium Book, mate. All the computers are going to break. The Big the Breakfast. The of the web. Big Breakfast is going to get cancelled. <laughs> oh, no. Ah! <laughs> yeah, scary times ahead. The only thing to do now is thank you very much for listening into this episode of the Outera Podcast. As always, the best way to support is you can leave a rating or review on iTunes. Thank you, everyone, as well. If you tell a friend is one of the best ways, word of mouth, spread the podcast. Someone who might be interested, considering the period of time we're going into, there might be a lot of people who might be interested in listening in for the first time. Do let them know. If you want to support us monetarily and give back to the podcast, selfie.com forward slash AE podcast commentary track for Beyond the Mat one of the finest wrestling documentaries of all time we do a riff tracks over it £3 which is around $5 check it out people who've got it so far really enjoy it we're hopefully going to do one or two other ones for wrestling movies that people might be interested in hearing but yeah thanks everyone who's downloaded it so far we appreciate the support greatly and also as well following us on Twitter at AE podcast facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast check it out give us a like give us a follow you can find us on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash podcast. We've got some little clips on there of some of our favourite moments from the series. And you can also find us on Vine, which is linked to our Twitter account that Kevin mentioned previously. And if you like stuffing things, head over to botchamania.com. We've got our little posts, little uh, videos that we... Why do you call them YouTube. little? I don't know. <laughs> just got, got, got a little, little poster. Got, got a little poster. Got a thing big, Billy. Well, they are little posts. It's usually just like it's three, sen- three sentences and then the links to the... I really want, really want you to be like... That is a little post. I really want you to be like your producer at WWF. Like, he comes in, does a little boom, boom, boom. <laughs> then, uh, over the top rope, gives him a little clothesline. Gives him <laughs> a few episodes back when I had a drawing in calling spots. Like, oh no, Adam's got a little drawing in there. Yeah, well, well. I, yeah you had a little drawing. I put it on the fridge. fridge. Little as a word <laughs> is the equivalent of ruffling our hair when you tell yeah. us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Calling Spots as well, do check it out. We've got a new issue coming out. Matthew interviews DDP. I wrote an obituary piece about the Ultimate Warrior and my incredibly complicated feelings about the man. Adam drew an amazing picture that I think uh, really complements it. CallingSpots.com, two pounds, check it out. Issue number nine coming your way. But that is going to do it for me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we will see you in the year 2000, where everything is chrome and made out of tin and shiny. And it's the fucking future, man. We're going to Madison Square Garden, Royal Rumble, Cactus Jack and Triple H, the fucking most best show ever. And can't <laughs> fucking wait! <laughs>
Kong Kong. Not Jesus Christ. <laughs>